For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Okay, um, do you remember the two fellows who brought a dead body into the post office, right, trying to claim a pension? Well, that it's not actually totally finished as a court case just yet, uh, but it does make the front page of newspapers today. Dead Sneaky is a headline. Uh, this morning, Star and the Sun has the headline on, on post-mortem, if you like, on post-mortem, I suppose. Uh, pleading guilty over this corpse caper, as the son calls it uh, this morning. This is the story of Gareth Coakley, a 37-year-old, and Declan Hockney, a 41-year-old, up in Carlow, pleading guilty to the attempted deception in relation to a 246-euro pension belonging to Padder Doyle. Um, uh, Of course, uh, unfortunately, Padder Doyle was dead, and he was discovered to be dead inside the post office is one of the most bizarre stories that I've come across in a long, long time. I sure you'd agree with me on that one. Now, uh, at this stage, um, I think that um, the case will come back before the judge again because the pair were remanded in custody. The judge said he'd have to review the bizarre circumstances of the case before a sentencing hero tomorrow. But his €246 Euro pension back in January of 2022 pleading guilty to the attempted deception by bringing the dead uncle to the post office and, and to try and collect the pension with him dead in the post office. I mean, the more you think of it, the more and more bizarre it actually sounds. So that's a front page of making many of the papers today. But there is a great uh, front page photograph making the Independent today. They call it Date with Destiny. And it's got a photograph of a very focused and a very determined-looking Denise O'Sullivan stretching during training yesterday in Sydney. So it all kicks off this morning, literally, at 11 o'clock when Ireland take on Australia. Ireland look to live the impossible dream in the World Cup opener as the front page. And it's a great colour photograph. Um, we should be so proud uh, of, uh, of Denise. Not, not just Denise, incidentally, because, of course, we also have uh, Megan Connolly from Douglas and... Um, Kevin tells me the team should be, and I'm not sure when the team will be announced, but I'd imagine in and around 10 o'clock. How does this usually happen? Is it like uh, an hour before kickoff? Do they they wait and wait so that they don't give too much information away to the opposing team? Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, generally they would release um, kind of like team sheets. Yeah, about an hour beforehand, they'd they'd kind of, um, it would arrive in a form of a kind of an A4 printed sheet with like the actual formation and then the numbers and then the names on kind of on the side of them. So Tough Um, for the squad waiting, isn't it? Tough for the team waiting. I'd say the players know. Like normally okay. what would happen is uh, the they'd team be told, would, they'd yeah, be but, told last night in yeah. a team meeting probably so that the players that are playing know that they're playing and the players that are on the bench know what their role is so everyone's kind of clear before they go in but yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's uh, look it's going to be I would hope that Mega will be starting um, and I obviously Denise is we we already know that Denise is starting Vera Powell has already said that like hands down Denise will be starting this game I'm not playing any mind games here so um, where do both, just for people let's say for uh, Bosman's holiday for you but for others who, who yes. might know where do they play on the pitch uh, Megan and Denise uh, Megan's a well the, Denise is kind of she started out midfield um, I remember when she was playing Cork City Women she was kind of played up front but it was kind of like an attacking midfield role now she plays properly up front up front she scored a lot of goals um, and she's so she was say she was the equivalent to our Roy King, but she's pushed up further. She's kind of pushed up a little bit further, yeah. but she scores an awful lot. Of, like she's she's a very consistent kind of performer and a consistent player. Uh, Megan's a midfielder as well, so like there's just there's um there's a there's a big core connection with this team. Like obviously, like we've been speaking a lot about Denise because we were speaking to our family recently. We're hoping to speak to Megan's family. They're college Corinthians. I mean, Megan's story is amazing because Megan 
and her dad Michael essentially are the reason why Cork College Corinthians have a schoolgirls section so you know exactly. was there the fact that Megan kind of grew up, grew out of the playing with the boys her dad Michael started the schoolgirls section how they do and like I mean Cork is a very strong schoolgirls you played you league. played or you, you played against um, Denise I played though, with she Denise said, she, ran, she ran rings around us <laughs> she absolutely ran rings around us she's a total Mortifying. baller that's all oh my god not at all I mean the thing is you know like I've I, I covered women's football for quite a while I've played a lot of six side football with a lot of the different Cork City women's players and they're all extremely talented totally but very when I say but Denise is it's an like, opener for you that oh man I mean Denise is the, one of the best football players I've ever shared a pitch with full stop but and I've, <laughs> I've shared a football pitch with like current Irish internationals she is one of the best players and like the thing about Denise was because she's so technically skillful six aside suited her down to the ground so like she was just so good you could see the talent back then ok <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it a little later on but the team sheet will be announced at uh, around 10 o'clock and of course the match at 11 but one of the points that Kevin makes there is about um, about women in soccer because there's a story that makes the independent today that says you know 100 years ago women's football was a major spectator sport across Ireland and Britain played in professional soccer grounds in front of thousands of spectators that was 100 years ago it got so popular and the popularity of women's game was seen by the male dominated rulers of soccer as a threat to the men's professional game so in 1921 the Football Association passed an urgent resolution banning women's football from professional football grounds. It's important to remember that uh, life 100 years ago, how the women's game has clawed its way back after a century of prejudice. I think it's a really strong article making the Independent today. But that's the way it was back then. Oh, they're getting too good at that. Oh, it's getting too power. It's getting too popular. They're getting too powerful. What we do? Ah, oh, we'll just ban women from soccer. That'll sort that one out. And here we are, 100 years later. 102 years later. Unfortunately, there's stout rage and many of the papers talk of Diageo, which is nothing more than greed. Um, Pint of pain is a headline I'm making the mirror today. Stout rage is the mirror, is the uh, front page of the mirror. My goodness, my Guinness. Uh, publicans blasting the drinks giant. The question now is, will the publicans themselves take advantage of the five euro increase when you take VAT into account and throw another five, euro, five cent, I should say, and throw another five cent onto the price of it? Some of the papers are suggesting that, like for instance, the Mail this morning and the Sun are saying that it will add 10 cent to the cost of a jar once the VAT is added on to. So Diageo will take 4 cent, the VAT will be 1 cent, and they're saying that the publican's margin will be an opportunity for them to take another 5 cent. I think that's not necessarily fair on all publicans. Some, of course, will take the opportunity, but others, I suppose, even some will try and absorb the cost so that they're Patrons won't have to pay 5 to 10 cent more. And they list the different products in the papers this morning. You look talking about Guinness, Smithwick's, Carlsberg, Rockshore, things like that. So that's in the front of the papers this morning. But there's a lovely article in the inside pages of the Echo who talk of um, the Franciscan Well Brewery uh, pub on the North Mile. They have storage facilities down the Keys now that would blow your mind when you see the amount of barrels that the Franciscan Well are storing these days. Uh, but it's just a fantastic success story. It's a Cork microbrewery that celebrates its first official year in business, despite being on the go for longer than that. You can find out the reasons behind that in a double-page spread with colour photographs of all the lads involved in it. Shane Long, Steve Guiney and Paddy Scully on the inside pages of The Echo today. And congratulations to them. Well, high earners and the young bear the brunt of... What? Possibly everything, I suppose. But certainly the rental crisis. Because there's uh, information out now saying that f- officially... 
uh, we need to build more homes. And but that's been the case for many a long year now, possibly for many a long decade. We actually need 50,000 homes annually just to meet demand. And with the amount coming into Ireland wanting to use Ireland as their new home or to make it their new home, of course, more international pressure coming in all of the time, added to the fact of, you say, war in Ukraine and things like that. But there are more and more young people now moving back in with their parents. In fact... Statistically, we have the fastest rate in Europe of young people moving back in with their parents. And pretty much at this stage, they're saying, not exclusively the under 40s, but it's the under 40s primarily that are being squeezed out of home ownership. And unfortunately, you find more and more 30-somethings moving back in with mom and dad. And then, of course, uh, this is quite alarming, the amount of suspected abuse cases in nursing homes to be quite honest with you, if you put it simpler and, and more more plainly than this, the rape and sexual attack of the elderly in nursing homes in Ireland. The HSE has reported 21 known cases of physical and sexual abuse of residents at a nursing home to Gardaí. Uh, that's one particular nursing home alone. Uh, a staff at a public care facility was convicted of the rape um, of one person in a care home and got an 11-year sentence uh, to spend behind bars back in 2020. So that's the story that makes the star today. And, you know, we talk about law and order. It's interesting to me that when asked about it, the media minister, um, Catherine Martin, didn't actually directly answer or not as to whether or not people should pay the television licence fee. No such um, pausing or no such... Um, uh, um, issue with that with regards to the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. She says that she needs to remind people that they have to pay their television licence because it's the law. This is not paying for just one person's salary. It's paying for... (laughs) An awful lot of people's salary, and in some cases, ridiculous salaries, I suppose. And then there's the story, because it was tough. Remember, I was telling you the story yesterday of the Jack Russell on the 202 bus. Your man thought it was a guide dog. He said, What? Huh? Is that what they gave me? Busman wouldn't let the Jack Russell on the bus. Of course, it was a joke, and that joke's been doing the rounds for quite some time. But there is a, a real life story of this in The Independent today where Bus Aaron has been directed to carry out an urgent review of its disability access policies because a man was refused. Um, um, well, the story was the bus air and driver refused to allow the man to travel with a support dog and it was found to be discriminatory and rightly so. And bus air and now have been told to pay €1,500 Euro in compensation. There are other complaints uh, in the papers today, particularly against Met Aaron. Forecasting weather is a difficult thing, particularly when you're trying to be as concise as you can in different counties. Yeah, a lot of the time you'll see a monster forecast which bears absolutely no accuracy when it talks about Cork because you could equally be getting half a forecast for Clare or Tipperary. But but the papers this morning talk of the different uh, complaints against uh, Met Aaron. Uh, These details have been released in the independent, like uh, missed appointments, the misspelling of county names, like spelling leash L-O-A-I-S on the screen. One viewer said that that there was nothing forecast by Met Aaron about the biblical rain that fell across Cork in the spring. Um, uh, All too often, of course, we feel as if we're marginalised by everything inside uh, Dublin City. But uh, woke up this morning to a beautiful day. Well done. I just cancelled a trip yesterday because you said the weather today was going to be shocking. Those kind of things. Uh, It's interesting. Uh, I've said it in the past. you, You often see people who claim that things appear on the top of their coffee 
right? Or their crisp is in the shape of the face of Jesus. But there is one of those this morning that's 100% accurate. And it's in the sun. It's a fellow who flipped a pancake down a Mexico way. And there it is on the pancake, the face of Homer Simpson. Really and truly, for the first time in a long time, this is the face of Homer Simpson with the big bug eyes and the bulbous nose and the big huge mouth. It's Homer Simpson on a pancake. I absolutely love it. And there's another food-related story, a lack of food, making the papers today. I did read somewhere of somebody critical of the way that Killian Murphy lost weight for Oppenheimer. He wanted to, um, to achieve the almost emaciated frame of Oppenheimer himself. So Emily Blunt said recently, his co-star, that he went to grueling lengths to become the father of the atom bomb by eating um, one almond a day. Um, I mean, this is method acting, isn't it? It's method acting. It's getting into character. Apparently, even while with the crew or the the rest of the cast, he stayed as Oppenheimer. Daniel Day-Lewis did that for many years. But just one almond a day to transform his physique. I mean, that's an astonishing thing. They're calling it Barbenheimer at the box office because Barbenheimer, of course, is a mishmash of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. So Barbenheimer is what they're calling it. These two blockbusters could sell one million cinema tickets with some fans set for a five-hour double bill, according to the UK Times. On, on that basis, and I'm open to correction, do both films go on general release on the same day, as in, like, tomorrow? That somebody would actually go from Barbie into Oppenheimer? Okay, I'd be crucified. I'd be torn off the air. People be roaring and screaming at me, why not? Why shouldn't somebody who like Barbie goes to Oppenheimer as well? Okay, okay, whatever you have on yourself. But it does make the papers today in quite some detail because one of the reviewers in the mail this morning gives Oppenheimer five stars. He says, this film will blow you away with the great Killian Murphy. And also, many, many people will be battling it out today for Taylor Swift tickets for they do be going on release. Well, on sale anyway. I think you had to pre-register um, for them for the gigs next summer. So um, good luck to you. Uh, I'll chat with Claire throughout the course of the morning because she is also in the uh, in the queue or the virtual queue, whatever you call it. And then for those of you that like your coffee or your espresso or indeed an espresso martini, I don't mean to make light of this because Alzheimer's is, of course, a devastating disease of the brain. But they're saying this morning that drinking an espresso, a shot of coffee, even an espresso martini every day might protect you against Alzheimer's because the coffee attacks the rogue proteins that gather in the brain that kill the neurons that actually causes Alzheimer's. And they're saying coffee uh, could actually be the battle back. So I like that story uh, because early in the week, of course, we heard of different drugs that are going to very soon be launched on the market could actually slow the process or indeed some cases reverse the process of Alzheimer's but certainly slow it by upwards of 60%. Anyway, lines open. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We've got calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Text 0868104106. Interesting couple of texts. Can you please tell people supporting the Irish women's soccer team for the World Cup to at least get the Irish flag right when posting on their social media? More often than not, I'm seeing the flag of the Ivory Coast in Africa. I've even seen the Nigerian flag used for Ireland. Get it right, people. Somebody else suggesting that there's a big bash on at the Sky flagship store in Maham Point. They'll be hosting a watch party for the game today in their store. 
uh, on all of their TVs. There'll be face painting. An ex-women's women's footballer will be in attendance uh, with your own Izzy show busy. There'll be lots of fun and excitement all around. Numbers will be limited, lads. So if you want to get down there to the Sky flagship store in Maham Point, arrive early. Kickoff is 11. There's a big bash on with big screens down in the woolshed as well this morning. And Kevin Galvin is heading down there fairly soon to get in on the action. So I'll come back to all things soccer and World Cup a little later on this morning. But I want to go back to a topic of conversation that is heavily impacted on an awful lot of people. And this is the fact that uh, Cabana uh, lifestyle has gone into liquidation, leaving many customers seriously out of pocket. Um, and I'm talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of euro. Um, yesterday, we spoke to the appointed receiver of Cabana, Jared Murphy. And sadly, he said to us that those who have paid money to Cabana won't be getting their cash back unless they have some mechanism of claiming themselves off some kind of insurance. Like, for instance, if you gave the deposit with a credit card. Um, but other than that, anybody that has deposits that were given over to uh, Cabana will not be getting them back. Even overnight, I received more emails from people who have been heavily impacted. Um, and, and and many people use the same term. Um, life savings or life savings, um, you know, things that we had wanted to do in our home, perhaps a little later in life uh, to make it more comfortable or to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, there's one lengthy uh, contact that talks of a woman who actually did, and I'll go through the email in some detail, I read out an awful lot of them yesterday, um, but at one stage she uh, did take it to court. She says, I handed the matter over to a solicitor. This woman paid €14,000 in June and was given uh, a lead-in time of the work to be done, uh, 14 to 16 weeks anyway. It didn't happen. And eventually she handed the matter over to the solicitor. Uh, She issued a a debt collecting letter. um, And still, even though there was an awful lot more promises made, it was just hot air. They still did not refund the €14,000. So at this stage now, uh, the matter has been handed over to a company that specialises in debt collection. And she says, Cabana will be pursued while I have breath in me for the return of my life savings. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes, particularly if there's no money or cash actually left in the company and it's now in the hands of a receiver. A lot of those that have been impacted have come together in a WhatsApp group, I believe, I believe and I'm joined by one of them this morning. Brenda, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Does, does it bother you or those in the group that, um, that the receiver has now said that there would be no money, no cash would be given back to customers? Yeah, it bothers us tremendously because we, we've we lost so much money as a group together. I mean, we're talking some have 5,000, some have 20,000, some have paid in cash, um, which is very hopeless of getting back now. Now, so, yeah, we're just, all yeah I, can, I, can well, I can well imagine, but... I read I read in another email that I got this morning from a chap by the name of Roy who said the policy was to give a 50% deposit. Um yep. Would you would you is that right? Yeah, that's all the deposit money. Um that's So, so if somebody's if somebody is owed 18 grand, it means that the job would have been 36 grand and they put down 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah. 50% um, deposit seems very high, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and I suppose that should have been a red flag as well. Um, in our case, ours was less than that, around five grand. And what um, were you having done, Brenda, do you mind me asking? We were putting in a garden room, 
And we had told him that it was important. It was for family members to be able to relax and to have more space. Um, and when we went there, we were promised the whole world and more. <laughs> and then it was constantly like, we'll get back to you in 10 days. We'll get back in seven days. And we actually went there to the office two weeks ago on the Friday mm. before they closed down. And they, they promised us everything still. Um, Was that a week before they closed or on the day that they closed? Well, as far as I know, they had a meeting and they, the meeting wasn't successful. That was on Friday and we were there. Um, on that we same there. day? Yeah, okay. and they knew, they knew that they wouldn't have been able to. Um, we were waiting for them to get in contact with us and we went there on Monday and it was all boarded up. Well, boarded up, no, the windows, the curtains were drawn and everything was the cars were gone and yeah so for for you it was just under 5000 but for others substantially more than that and and i see in a lot of the correspondence people talk about their life savings have been wiped yeah. out that they had literally given everything that they had saved to improve their home or their garden and it's been wiped out yeah yeah there's a lot of people in the whatsapp group are i mean a few of us came together at the start we met through trust pilot and um, we said we need to come together as a group because I know some people are terrified of being alone. Um, so on one hand, we made it to get collective action. But on the other hand, we want to show each other like we're not alone in this because it's, it's terrifying, honestly. And people in the group are really upset. Um, I'm trying to do a thesis at the moment and I can't even focus on it because I'm focused on everything else. So yeah. it's hard yeah, um, they have said that they will endeavour to try and fulfil orders. Um, do you think that there's... I don't believe that they will be in a position to do that incidentally, uh, but do you think that there is hope when they say things like, we will endeavour to try to fulfil orders? I think that the manager is an expert at fluffing things up. I 100% that is not... From my opinion, 100% that's false um, because if they were able to do that, they would have done it. Um, and the fact that they've gone into receivership makes me sick because they told people who paid deposits last year that they'd be able to deliver and they weren't. And they still kept taking money pe off people yeah, yeah. and now they're able to go into receivership and it's honestly like a theft, I, I think, because... I know businesses are in trouble. I know businesses go into liquidation, but you don't have to be a lawyer to do that. Mm, like, mm, mm. Well, I think this is a different story now when they take money off people and they don't, they promise 14 weeks and they then it turns into a year. As you saw on Trustpilot. Yeah, I, 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 see one, I see one Mary talking about the fact that this for me is a, a waking nightmare to deal with. Yeah. I hope no one has yeah. the misfortune to have to deal with the kind of stress that this company has put me through and it really demonstrates the contempt for its customers. Um, in, 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 she's saying that because she said they would have known the things, the writing was on the wall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, 100%. I, I know that they may have been successful in selling their hot tubs and their saunas, but maybe. But from my experience with garden rooms, they probably ran into issues with their suppliers 
but that's not our fault. <laughs> so what what else were people ordering and putting deposits on? Hot tubs, uh, saunas, Hot tub. you said garden rooms. Were they doing yeah. these little office cubes that you could put people under to work remotely from home? Yeah, that was it. It, it was office cubes, um, office cubes, garden rooms. They had just, on their Instagram, about two days before they closed it down, put up, they had aeropods, so like pods made out of airplane parts. I mean, that was just like last month. Mm, mm. Um, Have you and all of those other customers who have lost money, have you added up how much is involved in all of this? We haven't put it together. I know we are making some sort of a document. Would there even be a guesstimate as to how much? Guesstimate? more than 50,000 and that's the people who will actually talk to me there's a lot of people who I've reached out to on email to join our WhatsApp group and they won't join it because they're actually terrified why? and they because I mean you're dealing with someone who is not trustworthy at all and maybe they're terrified for their own mental health as well because it's a lot to deal with like, you don't trust them because they just never delivered you don't trust them because they took deposits and never did the work, you don't trust them because they went into receivership and just closed the door. And it's not just that. I mean, in business, there's a certain level of trust that you need to have. And I know that in in business as well, trust can be broken. But when you're dealing with people like some people on Trustpilot said they went into my garden, they they lied through their teeth in my garden and, and then they don't give a deposit back. I mean, that's just that's just terrible. Like, do you I, think it could be more? Do you think it'd be more than the 50, 50 grand? Because there are two people in particular. One says that they're owed eighteen thousand, and the second says fourteen thousand. So yeah. eighteen and fourteen, twenty-eight. That's thirty-two grand just between two customers alone. Yeah. Okay. It must. It must be more. I'm terrible at. No. No. <laughs> I, and listen. I, I appreciate you coming on because you've you have enough worry going on in your head. And have you all come together as a group? to talk with a solicitor on this matter? No. We've come together as a group to make statements because we believe that it's... I don't know how I can say it, but we've come together to make a statement. Um, To be heard? I mean, yeah, yeah. Because this this wouldn't be a statement that you take to Angarda Shikona because this is a, a civil business matter. Companies go bust, they would tell you. Yeah, companies. Yeah, that's the thing. We're we're just really unsure of what to do. I'm as it stands now. We're a group of people who've, who feel like we've been robbed. Um, uh, understandable, understandable. Um, now, I hope to talk with the receiver next week at some stage because he has said to me, Jared Murphy's the receiver, he says, once I've gone through all of the records, I will speak to Neil next week. Um, be interesting to see what he has to say, uh, if I could ask questions on behalf of, of you guys early next week with the receiver. How about that? I just think it's so unfair. Like, I, I just think I, I really appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate, like, that it's in receivership. But, but I think, like, like I said, in businesses, people go into receivership and money gets taken and money don't get paid back. But, like, this is promises that were made and contracts that were broken long but before... Over a long period of time, yeah. Over oh, a long yeah. period. Is, yeah. that, is that receiver or is that criminal? Like, that's my question. <laughs> 
I, I don't know the answer to that, to be quite honest with you. I don't know, like, I, but you are, you are right. Difference? What's the difference of, for example, someone paid 20 grand, this is just an example, someone paid 20 grand in 2022 and they were told it would be delivered in 14 weeks. It wasn't delivered and a year later it still isn't. What's the difference between that and going up and taking someone's car or taking 20,000 out of someone's pocket. Because to me, it seems the exact same. I know why you and feel then, that way. I can understand why you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that's what it is. Like, it's not... I i don't think it's just a receivership. I think it's it's theft, honestly. Mm. Like, mm. And, and to lie to people, and, you, and when people know that, it's not... Lying's somewhere. a very strong word. Would you describe it maybe as false promises or promises that weren't kept or yeah. deadlines that weren't met? Yeah, okay, I take back lying and I say promises that weren't kept mm, mm. and contracts that were broken. But what's the point in a contract? Might as well be toilet paper. <laughs> if you're going to just like, no, you're going to sign it and then just r- run away from it. Anyway. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, I, I don't know what else to tell you at this point in time apart from talking to the receiver early next week to see if he can shed any light. They, they usually say that in cases like this um, the customer isn't at the top of the list of creditors, you know. My understanding mm-hmm. is that firstly it would be revenue, secondly it would be the banks, thirdly possibly suppliers who might be owed money and then customers' deposits. So un, un, unfortunately it, it doesn't augur well at the moment, you know. And that's why I think this is a different matter because I understand that if I paid a deposit in, so they went into receivership in July. If I paid a deposit in June on something they said, like we, like the contract wasn't breached and I paid a deposit in June and then suddenly they went into receivership, I would understand that. But if it's the case that contract was breached before they went into receivership and they knew that, it, that they wouldn't been able to supply it. Okay, so well, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And are, are other are other people like minded, thinking the same as you in the sense that you you're contemplating going to Angarda Shikona? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that answers my question. Okay, you need you need to get a solicitor in your camp, though. You know. Yeah, we we do have we have a we do have a solicitor working okay. with a few of the people in the group. Okay. Okay. Um, but like, from my own personal thing, like, there's only so much I can take as a as a person. I think we all have stresses in our life. I have a lot right now, um, and I'm young as well. Like, I'm I'm <laughs> I haven't even started out in life yet, and I I'm going through this. Like, I can't take it. It's a bad experience at such a young age. Yeah, it's at any age, but I know what you're saying. You're on the start of the journey and put a lot of money aside, you and others. Um, uh, I, I, I want to talk as well to Dolores, but I'll stay in touch with you, Brenda, okay, over the coming days yeah. and see if there's any yeah. developments in this. And if anybody else wishes to talk to me, I'm happy to do so, okay? Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, take care for now. Dolores, good morning. Good morning, um, oh, yeah. Did you have an experience of this? Oh, God. I'm very nervous now talking Your grand to you about girl. This, you, but, was, it, was um, it a hot tub and a sauna? Yes, okay. and uh, the hot tub and a sauna that we had ordered um, well over a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, we had to fight for that. We had to fight big time. 
Oh, and what do you mean fight? Um, like you, you, you went in, you oh, put down right, your... Neil, we put down our deposit and we were told, you know, the usual, you'll have this in. At that time, Neil, you're talking maybe they'd say three months, you know what I mean? Okay. And four months. So we would have been expecting that, um, I think, around the middle of last year. And then they're just befobbing us off. Uh, they wouldn't answer text messages, no nothing. Um, then, uh, How much did you put down? What was the deposit? Oh, I think he put down half. And 50%, um, yeah. Oh, God, that would have been a fair bit now because we got the sauna. I'm not 100% sure, but it was a sauna and a hot tub. Um, I'd say we probably put down about seven, eight thousand. So we're down seven or eight thousand. Fifty. Okay, that. no, it's grand. Ballpark's fine. Um, seven or eight thousand would be fifty percent of a fifteen thousand yeah, euro contract. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we we weren't getting anywhere with them. We my daughter put a review up on their page, not their page, um, their own page, but then um, they took it down. Then my daughter put a review up on Google. Um, and that then got the ball rolling because obviously you can't take that down yourself. So basically, um, that worked for us. They, we had our hot tub by December. Uh, once we got the hot tub, they were very good, really, to be honest about it. They fitted it. They did everything that we had asked them to do. Um, we had ordered a pergola to go over both. Um, that's like so a, a that pergola is, is, is kind a of pergola, like... pergola, is it? Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, you know, exactly. canopy and whatever. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that was about seven, maybe... It was obviously 7,000 anyway, because we put 3,600 Wow, on that's that. a lot of money, isn't it, for a cover? <laughs> well, it was, you know, fancy-dancy cover, like, which... Okay. This one had, like, glass curtains on it, you know, like you see in Spain where they have these black curtains, these glass curtains that you pull across. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway... Um, why did you do? Why did you? Why did you do that if it's such hassle with the hot tub and the sauna? I, or oh Neil, I, it's just stupid. We just felt we looked around and we couldn't get. We tried for pergolas elsewhere, and really we weren't getting what we, you know, we felt he he put he put on a very good face that they had the best of this and the best of that. Mm. So we just went with it, and because we had our deposit down, then we felt okay. We need to stick with this and at least we'll get it at some stage because mm. we knew we had a problem with the, the hot tub and they eventually did deliver. So we thought, okay, they will deliver. So if they didn't and we went to them. Um, he said to us a couple of months, I think about two months ago, it was actually around June, we went to him and he said it was in Belfast and it would be down in 10 days. And he just had to clear a VAT, to get a VAT number to clear it. And then we didn't go back because we had a bit of an illness in the family. And we didn't go back. It went totally out of our head. And then we went back last Monday. They closed on the Friday anyway, but we didn't know. We went on the Monday and discovered they had closed on the Friday. So your three grand, Your three grand is gone. Yeah. Now we were lucky compared to anybody else. So you saw the sun. You have that, but well, no, your your three grand is your three grand. You paid it over. It was a fifty percent deposit, yeah. like many other people, uh, and um, and it's gone. But so you saw the note or the the letter on the door. Yeah, yeah. Your heart yeah. must have dropped. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. You know, this was really 
uh, or my husband's retirement for him, you know, this is what he wanted for our retirement. And, you know, he treated himself to himself from himself, as he says. Mm -hmm. And um, it is, it's sickening. It is sickening. Do you think there's any hope at all for you and the many others like you that are out of money, that are out of thousands and thousands? I believe the mistake we made is that we did a bank transfer because I'm, I'm I'm not sure, but I'm told if you, if anybody paid by a visa, that you that's get, quite possible. Get it back. You can get it back. Yeah. 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 We did a bank transfer, which was the biggest mistake we made. And are you just putting it down and writing it off now, putting it down to a bad experience? Well, if I, I'm going to hopefully get the WhatsApp number. Yeah, I can give, I can provide you with that, and you can link up with others yeah. like you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And take it from there, you yeah. know. But I know it's 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 going to take time, um, but it's 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 not fair how how they can just bluff you and how they can look you straight in the face and say, you know, oh, you'll have a ten days. We are doing it. It's supply issue. It's this. It's that. I, I just don't know how anybody can do that. That 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 reason is given time and time and time again that the problems are not of our making. It has to do with our suppliers. It has to do with. Uh, at one stage it had to do with going through COVID uh, and all sorts of other issues, but not taking responsibility themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, and in order for people like to, to, to pay out that money, they had to earn that. And they had to earn double that True. to pay their taxes and everything. True. You know what I mean? In order to have that money, like. Yeah. You know? They said so, the economic conditions, um, inflation, interest rate increases, energy costs... Um, what else did they talk about? Um, but discretionary spending patterns, you know, uh, all had an adverse effect on the sales and the demand for their products. Trading was very difficult. They talk about uh, declining turnover impacting on the business and cash flow, that they had no other option than to appoint the receiver. Um, we got a statement then from uh, Pat Crowley, um, who responded to us saying it was forwarded your email from they have a Northern Ireland branch of the company which has also closed. Uh, he confirms that the uh, Ger Murphy, the, accountant, the chartered accountant, is now the receiver. Um, he's working with suppliers to establish some way to fulfil customer orders um, and the receiver is the point of contact. Do you hold contact? Do you hold any hope at all in when he says, when Pat Crowley says the receiver is working with suppliers to establish a base to fulfil customer orders? No. One hundred. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's see what the receiver has to say when I have an opportunity to talk to him early next week. But hold on, there. We can give you the details of the WhatsApp group, and you can talk to other people who've also been, um, you know, uh, out of pocket for thousands and thousands of euro. All right, Dolores. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on air. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Tens of thousands of euros. We did invite a, a spokesperson on from Cabana, but they declined and issued that statement that I read to you instead. So we'll come back to that. Uh, I've got one or two other lengthy emails from other people uh, overnight who also have been uh, left out of pocket for vast amounts of money for something they put a deposit down on that was never, ever delivered in the company now is in receivership and probably um, the next step after that is is liquidation. Um, but I just want to go back to the phone lines, if you don't mind, because um, the things that people do, I mean, it, it's just awful how people are taken advantage of. Paddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Listen to me, Paddy. It says here that you would describe yourself as an older, vulnerable man under medical care constantly. Would that be accurate? 
it would, yeah. Okay. And you had a problem, your cat had fleas, is it? Um, I had two kittens I adopted, which I shouldn't have done because I'm not able to take care of them. I'm giving them up on Monday to animal care and and I, the fleas got, they've been treated by the vet, but the fleas got into the whole apartment. The fleas? And have, yeah, and okay. I have a phobia about fleas because I got, I was the victim of the bed bug epidemic in New York. And that was the reason I left America was because of it. I lost my home. And so I went, I went to friend, I was up all night and Tuesday night and I was frantically Googling and, and leaving voicemails. And then a man called me yesterday. And he you were, you were Googling what? Some kind of an exterminator business to yeah. come out? Yeah, pest, okay. pest control. Pest yeah. control, right. Okay. And I, I was very confused and I didn't know quite know what I was doing. I wasn't cogent, you know, and... Uh, a man called me yesterday when I was in town having a cappuccino and he said his name was Bernard and he told me that he was 350 and not to go with anyone cheaper because it wouldn't work. And he said he would come in a, in a protective suit, you know. So I, when he said that, I thought, you know, he really is legitimate. Okay. And the two, two of them arrived and one had a spray can like you'd buy in Aldi and the other had a plastic, little plastic shabby bag, like, like a, 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 a small rubbish bag. And uh, they came in and he took a, a kind of a glass bottle out of the, the garbage bag. And uh, one went, the one with the spray can went into the living room. And he was, out of his, he was out of his mind on drugs. He was saying, will I spray here, will I spray there? And I said, please spray everywhere. And he just didn't know what he was doing. You say he's off, he was off his head? Yeah, I found drugs, a, a bag of drugs in the apartment when they left on the floor. A bag of marijuana. That they dropped? That they dropped, yeah. Well, I don't have it. I don't, you know. Right. I, I, I mean, how did I? No one else could have brought it. I mean, as soon as I left, there it was on the floor. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was so I was so frightened and confused. I had gone to the ATM, and I, I think I got three hundred and eighty euro out out of the ATM, and uh, I couldn't call. I was so frightened. I, I couldn't count the money, and he just took everything out of my hand and, and left. And there was not a penny left in my wallet. So they took they took three hundred and eighty euro cash. They took three hundred and eighty yeah. euro cash. And just went around with a can of spray around the, the around the different rooms. It was probably within before he left. One of them opened the bathroom door where the kittens were, and he started manically spraying the kittens and wouldn't stop. I had said, "Please stop," you know. I mean, if you spray, if you spray chemicals on an animal, you could kill them, you know. But of course, it was just water, you know. Water. Oh, they they, they they water. I'm sure. Yeah. So they didn't come in a van with the name of the company or anything on the side. Nothing no, like no. Yeah. They had a they had a car that they parked in the in the church yard of the North Cathedral. And walked to the house then. I came to the house, yeah, and they looked very dangerous, you know. But even though in my heart I knew they were scammers, I, I was too scared <sighs> to refuse them in case they attacked me, you know, and. Uh, you knew straight away they weren't legit, but you were afraid of them, so you had to go along with it. And they came with, you say, a can of spray that you might pick up in uh, the centre island Aldi and a bottle of water or something. Um, said yeah, they, yeah. Said they I needed mean, 350 I, euro. You were 380 in your wallet and they yeah, took, took the, the whole lot and, and just I, walked I, out. And, and an hour after they left, I was being bitten again and I, I'm staying in a hotel which is costing me a lot of money. And I, I, I finally found a nice girl in Dublin, and it is a legit company. I know you'll try to caution me, you know, it's called Complete Pest Control, and they have office, they have a system in Dublin, Cork, Water, and Limerick, and she's going to do it for me with 100 off the pool. She's a lovely girl. 
Are you sure they're legit now and everything, yeah? Well, I've Googled them, you know, and, and she's, and I think she's legit. I'm sure she's legit. Okay, yeah. and how much do they want? She, they want 350 but she's going to do it for 250 Oh my God, man! So that's four hundred already gone, three hundred and eighty gone, and another two fifty. Sure, like you're yes, probably on a pension, I, are you? I am. This is almost up to a thousand euro now. By the time I paid for everything, I will have to buy some new bedclothes as well, and the hotel stay again tonight, and the hotel stay last night, and the hotel is one hundred and fifty nine euro a night. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm incurring enormous expense. You know? Okay, Ho- hold on there if you will. I hope you can hold on because uh, I'm just yeah. a little bit tight on time, but I'll pick it up after 10. Text 0868104106. Thanks, Paddy. Back to you after 10. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. I just want to finish my conversation with Paddy, who uh, was badly stung by a couple of characters who took big money. Uh, um, when did it happen, Paddy? Is it just the last couple of days? Yesterday. Yeah. And I just want to tell you before you start, complete pest control who I have faith in they just call me and they can't treat the apartment until the kittens are gone yeah I was going to say so, that to you not that I'm an expert they have to go those kittens I know but the woman said she can only take them on Monday so it looks like I'll be, I'll be, I'll be staying at pay, paying for a hotel now for several days several nights you know unless you could intervene and find some animal shelter to take them away. They have to go because uh, there's no wait, wait, point wait, wait, wait. spraying with those kittens in there. No, I know, but the vet treated them a month ago and she gave me a take-home treatment, which I gave them yesterday. So it may work. I don't know. It hasn't worked so far, you know. She said they're very hard to get rid of, you know. Okay. And with my, with my mental health, I should never have taken on the responsibility. But I always had a cat in New York and there was no, never a sign of trouble. I didn't take her to the vet once. I know. I know. And these have been back and forth to the vet at 130 euros a shot every time. It's, it's awful. Listen, you were badly stung by these two characters, quite literally, oh, for 380 were... euro. But it yeah. could have got nasty and at least it didn't, you know. It's an awful you know, the thing. Only, the only thing I'm scared of is the guardie came are coming in this afternoon to take a statement. And I'm scared that they could come back and try to hurt me, you know. I'm sad to hear you say that. I'm sad to hear you say that. Um, that what can I do, you know? Let me just tell you one thing. Um, the chances of them coming back is a snowball's chance in hell. They've just you moved on. So? I do. I really do. Um, uh, I think they'll just move on. And, you know, try not to think about that or to cause anguish or worry to yourself, you know? I'm seeing my doctor at 12 o'clock. I know. Um Here's a little little message for people, though. Be very be very slow to open your front door these days, lads. Look out the window, particularly if you're elderly or living alone or vulnerable or worried about things like that. Don't just open the door. You have no idea who's on the other side of it. I hate saying that because it sounds quite alarming. Uh, but if you don't know somebody, just don't open the door. I know, I know, I know. I was, you know, I, when I opened the door, I knew they were dangerous, but I, I was just so frightened, you know, like when I was counting. Oh, listen, I'm not, I'm not apportioning any blame on you, my friend. I'm saying just in general, look out the window first or ask, put on the chain. And then if you're happy with whomever it is, that's fine. But yeah. if not, just, just close it or say I'm calling the guards. Let that be a message yeah. to everybody. Um, so, so if like if we, if we maybe got onto the CSPCA, spoke to Vincent Cashman... Oh, I- um, oh, but, do, you, do you know those people? Uh, yeah? yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, those those kittens have to go before anybody can... And you never know, there might be an exterminator listening to us right now that might come down and do um, maybe a, a, a job at a, at a very reasonable price because you probably don't have the money, no? No, I'm, I'm, it's, it's getting fairly, fairly bad for me with the money because I've already had the expense of the cats and now this and... The hotel, you know, I don't know how long I'll be staying in the hotel. Plus, I have to buy all new bed clothes. 
Is it that you know bad, what? though? I mean, you, you said it to is. me something about the, the bed bug epidemic in New York. What was that about? Well, I don't know if you heard of it or not. There was, a, there was a bed bug epidemic in New York that absolutely devastated the city and parts of the country. There was a famous opera singer, many stories. There was a famous opera singer who used to go around from city to city, country to country, sing, singing her opera. And she was bitten so badly in a hotel that she was taken to the hospital and she had to sleep on the floor after. Now, you're very upset. You have a lot in your mind. You're very upset. You're very upset. I am. Yeah. And did you work did you work for a period of time in America? I was a school teacher. Right. And were you there long? Thirty years. And you came home you came home at some stage, obviously. Why? Yeah. I, because of the I, I, I lost my apartment because of the bed book, but I wanted to come home anyway, uh, when I was sixty. Yeah. So I'm yeah. back ten years. Yeah. I have a nice home here. I have a lovely home with the council. It's a beautiful place and Good. it's decorated beautifully. Good. Okay. Like I grow my own plants. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, let's let's see. Those kittens have to go, my friend, before you can do, before you do anything. I, all right. Okay. All it right. Maybe wait off my mind from they go. Even I know. So I'm sad. And I'm sad to see them going. Would you get yourself a do- Would you get yourself a little dog? I wouldn't get any pet now because I uh, those days I wouldn't be able to walk it. Uh, you know, and the council doesn't allow dogs. But I don't want a pet now. I want to. Just try and take care of myself. Yeah. Let, let, let us make a call or two for you, all right, with regards to, right. to pest control there and see if one of the car companies, there are some great people on Cork who, in Cork who might want to come and help you out. I think it would be a lovely thing. Um, and uh, don't, don't overly worry for now, for the next hour or two. We'll also see if we can get maybe the likes of the CSPCA to move those kittens out so somebody can go in. And the thing about, I think the thing about doing... Um, um, yeah, some you know pest controller spraying your your apartment is that you wouldn't be able to go in for a period of time after it. I think I'd have to stay in the hotel. Don't know. I don't know, Paddy. I don't know how long that might be. But look, try not to be upset. All right, uh, and and all try right. try to just remain calm. You're over. You're over the worst of it. It's only good things to come, right? And we'll make a couple of calls on your behalf. All right. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. All right. Okay, mind yourself for now, Paddy, all right? Take care. Okay. All right, uh, let's get those kittens out of that apartment anyway and uh, see if we can just get a quick call into Vincent Cashman. He's a go-to guy for things like that. Listen, if there happens to be any um, exterminating or a company that gets involved in pest control like this or can go in and do a a job on the apartment, would you ever get in touch with me? Um, I didn't want to say to Paddy, but if if there's a fee involved... Um, yeah, we, I look after that um, or indeed if anybody wants to do it as a kind gesture even better again but let's help this man out so he can get back into his uh, his place of abode because he's quite clearly very upset uh, text 0868104106 uh, pick up the phone on 0818104106 back after the break get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106 Red FM Countdown continues for the Ireland Australia game I'll come to that uh, a little later in this hour with regards to the misfortunate people who gave over big deposits for work that was never done uh, and Cabana Lifestyle have now gone into uh, receivership Um, somebody says this did not happen overnight for a minimum of, of two weeks they've been dismantling displays and taking them away I spotted this myself as I work as a driver I believe there's just two hot tubs and a van in the compound
moment now. Um, there does look to me as if there's quite an amount of stock there because I drove up there on Monday afternoon, but I feel awful for the people who handed over money and nothing to show for it now. In one case, up to €18,000. And many of the emails or uh, texts or the trust pilots that I've been reading are people who had their life savings taken. Uh, Hi, Neil. The lesson here for everyone, dealing with companies looking for deposits should be buyer beware. We're officially in a recession and we should remember the last recession and the consumer is not protected this could be the first of many companies that will be collapsing in the next 12 months. Sometimes, Jim, uh, deposits are necessary because otherwise you could have all sorts of tie, tire kickers saying that they'll take something and then the client uh, or the, um, the the company goes and it buys in the stock or orders in the stock and the client or the customer then decides they don't want to proceed. So I think a deposit in some cases, 50% seems uh, over the top to me. Isn't it amazing how so many companies can walk away and there are no consequences, no legislation in force for them to pay the money back that they took from people, but then the law for the television licence will see you going to jail. Banana Republic comes to mind. Morning, the problem is that way too often companies in Ireland can close and reopen under a new name. The law needs to change so that if you close a business owing money to customers, then you should not be allowed to trade again unless all of the money is paid back. It does happen actually where you do have companies that do go into receiverships and do liquidate and close down Uh, and unfortunately uh, I'm not talking about this case now but unfortunately then they leave a litany of huge amounts of of debt behind them Uh, and you find overnight sometimes they reopen again under a different name Uh, and they could have liabilities still outstanding to revenue uh, to bank loans Uh, to customers and suppliers. Uh, I'm a supplier and I also got hurt by Cabana for quite a large amount. I believe that this is not the first time. Um, So this is a supplier... Hope to get on to that texter, that supplier, to find out exactly what was supplied. Meanwhile, in other news, re- regarding the recent car robbing TikTok competition between young people on the north side and the south side of the city, can I add my tuppence worth? My wife's car was vandalised in broad daylight at the lock. Then, that was two months ago. Then, last Tuesday, two youngsters came into the drive at six in the evening to try and do it again. I called the guards who couldn't follow an air code and it took the bones of an hour to get to my house. We're sick of this, as the guards know who's causing the destruction, but can't seem to do anything about it, in the sense that they know who these teenagers are, they know the families, they know where they live, but yet seem bound uh, not to be able to do anything about it because of their age. Uh, yeah, and they do post the videos then on TikTok. I'm just wondering, Texter, would your car have been, by any chance, a Japanese Import. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 0868104106. Gorks Red FM. Okay, Paddy, are you there again? You are? I am. Okay, I we am, have yeah. a, okay, we have a fast update for you, so just hold on there, Paddy Fitzpatrick. Owen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are things? You have a company called pestattack.ie. In fairness, you're based here in Cork. We are, we're based there in the lock there in Cork. Uh, well, you listen, you're a gentleman. What can you do to help Paddy out, Owen? Uh, well, to be honest, Neil, I only got the backside of that story there. And uh, to be honest, we, we can go out and uh, I, I could get one of my lads out there to help out help out this chap. Okay. Um, paying out that kind of money is absolutely ridiculous for the kind of work that was needed to be done. Well, so did you hear what the characters did and how they did it? It was a right botch job. They're not professionals, like they're chancers. Did you hear what they did? 
I didn't, to be honest, Neil. I, I got the backstory there of my brother. Myself and my brother bought my father out there this year, so we're, we're, it was only the back, back side of the All story right. was explained okay. to me. So I said, look. Enough to know that they scammed him. They looked for 350 euro for a serious boss job. He had 380 euro in his wallet and they took the whole lot. They were off their heads and they left. Yeah, that that that's look. Not only is it over the odds, but uh, they should be coming with a with a registered business in a in a in a marked van in uniform, uh, showing their ID. You know that that's something yeah. that needs to be done. Paddy Paddy's vulnerable, and he's 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 concerned because he's been through all of this before, apparently. But the kittens have fleas. Is that a is that a fairly straightforward job? Uh, it wouldn't be really a straightforward job, you know. You, you need to make sure that the that the cats are treated and treated in the right way. Well, the cat, uh, I'm, the cats will be gone. Um, Elizabeth has been in touch, and she's going to take the kittens away. Oh, well, I mean, if, if this if this chap wants to keep the kittens, there, there there's no there's no issue there. Uh, once the once the kittens are treated correctly and in the right manner. Uh, there's no problem in treating the house at the same time. Um, it, it's oh, just the case of preparing the preparing the house in, in the right order as well. You know. So Are you that saying that you can that pest attack and sort the kittens as well? No, we wouldn't be able to sort the kittens. But no. what we can do is put you in touch with the right people who can. Okay, okay, okay. Well, if if Paddy, do you want Paddy? Are you interested in that happening? No, I want to give up the kittens. All because, right, pal. Okay. Because the food is very heavy and the, the litter. I'm not able to carry it up, Shandon. Okay. So Elizabeth, um, she's not in a position to come on the air right now, but um, she's volunteering to take the kittens from you. Okay. Is she an animal control person? Um, she's experienced with kittens. Apparently, she's That's happy grand. to help I out. I don't need. I don't need to know everything. That's grand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Owen. When when are you in a position to do this kind gesture? Uh, well, to be honest, which uh, um, what we'd have to do is we'd have to have a quick chat uh, in off air, really, with with this gentleman, um, and maybe give him a couple of pointers to uh, to get the house ready for 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 uh, such a treatment. Um, now, if it's the case where he's not able to or, or, or can't get the house ready. There's no problem. We can we can put you in touch with the right people. Uh, generally, to, to prepare a house for such a treatment, uh, all you need to do is, is cleaning. You need to make sure that there's no dust around the place, no crumbs, no mess around the house. The house be as clear as possible to do the treatment. And basically, the treatment would, would start, let, let's say, for example, today. And you'd also have a follow-up treatment in about two weeks' time. Right. Okay. And, but would he be able to? Would, would he be able to stay in his house in his apartment? Absolutely. Of course he would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He may have to stand outside for for the most twenty minutes, half an hour. But there's no problem him being there. If family relatives want to be there and and observe the situation, there's absolutely no hassle there at all. Um, he he doesn't have to vacate the property for any any great period of time. Okay. Does that come as any relief to you, Paddy? It, it it does, yeah. But I'm going to stay in the hotel tonight, just for my own peace of mind, and uh, and I do want to give up the kittens because I'm just not able to take care of two tiny animals that need a lot. Of I understand all of that. Okay. Well, Owen yeah. and his brother from Pest Attack are willing to do the work for you free of charge. Oh, that's very kind altogether. Yeah. You okay. know. Okay. So it you really should be. Is. Yeah. Yeah, so that should lift a load and a worry from your mind. Oh, it does. Okay. And, and Elizabeth as well. That's a great relief to Would me. you mind if I give Owen your number off air, Paddy? Would you want my number? That's perfectly fine. Okay, and mind give yourself. It to, give it to Elizabeth and give it to Owen. And please stay away from these Google searches for companies that you can't stand over, you know? I know. It's I, the I'm, Wild I'm, West, man. Someone told me when I... Told two cents on the situation there, if that's okay. Pardon me, um, Owen? Just to throw my two cents on the situation, um, 
there, there, there is a lot of upset in the industry at the moment, you know. So trying to find uh, trying to find a, a registered insurance company, it, it can be difficult at the moment. But what I'd say to people is, look for a landline as well as, as, well as a physical address, not just a mobile number. Ah, good point. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's what we do. We have a physical address. We have a landline. Okay. There's somebody always in office. Okay, so, so what are your typical call-outs these days then, Owen? Again, that would range. Uh, typically, a call-out could start from eighty euro, and it can work. No, I'm not talking about the price. I'm just talking about the type of work that you're called out to do. Oh, it could be anything. It could range from rodents to insects to, to wasps. Uh, we're getting a lot of calls for bees and bats at the moment, but unfortunately, they're, they're protected species at the moment. So what we're trying to do there is just bring in beekeepers and, and put people in, the right, uh, in, in contact with the right people. Like bats, for example, at the moment are, are very protected so what we can do is put people in contact with environmentalists and the uh, Department of Agriculture, and that makes. Is that like bats in the attic kind of thing? It is. It is. Yeah. No, the majority of our work will be based around rodents and and illegalities. So anywhere that's hosting the public by law has to have pest control. So that that would be the the, the brunt of our work is okay. just routine maintenance work. Okay. Good but stuff. Aside okay. from that, there's lots of infestations as well with different uh, different types of critters. And fleas are, are they? Do they figure like? They do. They're very common. We, we we do a lot of work for fleas, uh, and mainly they're they're coming from they're coming from untreated untreated uh, pets. Oh, man, you never know what's walking yeah. amongst us or walking upon us. All right. Well, listen. You're very kind to get in touch. I would encourage people if they ever need the services of anybody to give you a call. Check you out online www.pestattack.ie. Thank you for doing this work for Paddy no free problem. gratis and I will give you the numbers and you can swap details and when everything's sorted it'd be great to have you guys back out to let us know that it's done alright absolutely thank you very much for your time Neil. not at all I should be thanking you thanks Owen alright Paddy so um, sleep easy tonight in the hotel everything else alright for you now at this stage everything is grand I have a nice gift I want to send you to thank you you don't have to send me any thanks pal no don't do don't do that I'm just very happy to be able to help you alright and we'll chat again when you're through this alright Oh, you will great help. Thanks. All right, Paddy, take care. Take care. Text 0868104106. Talking about niceness, um, Neil, I was in Dennehy's Cross at 5.15 on Tuesday for an appointment. My back left tyre was flat, says, Heller, he- says Heather. And a man stopped to help me. He said he was doing deliveries in the area. I had somewhere else to go, so I didn't catch his name. I get the chance to just say thank you to him. I'm not sure... Uh, where his accent was from, but he looked very healthy and had fair hair and gave me his number if I needed a hand, but I had to run. So I'd love if you could just say thank you to him if he's listening. So nice to come across nice people, says Heather. It certainly is. And thankfully, there's more of the nice ones than the nasty. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. All right, 27 minutes uh, to kick off in the Ireland-Australia match. More on that in a few minutes' time and also the team. But ahead of that, Sean Reedy is in Australia for Today FM for the Women's World Cup. I think they're doing breakfast out there, so they're lucky in that regard. Uh, and he's just filed us this, um, this scene set, uh, Vox, the Irish in Sydney ahead of today's game. So my name is Marie Balfe, I'm Clara Reardon's sister. Okay, so tell us all who, who's out here and how long are you out here for? Myself and my dad and my three aunts and Clara's girlfriend and my uncle-in-law and my two cousins actually live here as well, so they're up to support the girls um, on for Thursday's game. So what's the run-up been like to the tournament? Has there been excitement, nerves? 
there's been jet lag first of all <laughs> um, yeah no it's been amazing um, it's surreal to be here uh, we're so proud of them they're doing all of the young girls back in Ireland proud and they're fantastic role models so out here it's just been electrics we landed in Sydney yesterday and that was when the real buzz uh, started to kick in for the excitement for the game I couldn't get over the sea of green like any like the, every kind of pub or street I've been on there's been just loads of Irish people around and like I, I, I maybe it's because I'm looking out for it but I feel there's a real sense of like there's a, there's a huge crowd here for the tournament yeah um, I think it, there's about 4,000 estimated travelling out from Ireland especially for it but there's such a huge Irish community in Australia as it is like my own aunt moved out here 30 years ago so her family so and there's a lot of people from our parish Newcastle West out here as well so trying to find the time to meet everyone and like get excited for the game it's um, yeah it's going to be unreal so how is Claire being ahead of the tournament nervous like especially good heading into game one how is she feeling or is she just trying not to talk about it no obviously she loves talking about it like it's a dream come true to be here um, the nerves are calm they're well prepared they're in a good um, mental state of motion they're physically emotionally ready um, but I think when they landed in Sydney and saw the sea of green waiting for them they kind of realised oh my god it's really here and it's like match day minus one so yeah they've training today now and they'll they'll get it going yeah there was a really exciting buzz around the hotel when they arrived so you've a sea of people dressed here in green beside you who's with you um, my dad and my dad's three sisters um, one living in London one living in Drumcolour back in Limerick with us my aunt Margo who moved out here 30 years ago and uh, she's living down in Nowra um, down New South Wales and this is her husband Sean and Pirate the dog um, I have Charlene Rellins and my family have flown over from Ireland my sister her children Edel Malone Louise Henry, Orla and then a, we've got a few others as well. So, did they all fly out, especially for the tournament? Yep, um, all of all them came out from Ennis County Clare for the tournament and are here for a couple of weeks and are following the team in all the matches. What does it mean to have like such a big Irish game taking place in Sydney? Like, it must be great for someone who makes this place their home. Oh, it's excellent. It's feeling like I'm back at home today and uh, people overseas coming over. We waited for months for this. Uh, we've waited for the, a lifetime for Ireland to be in the opening game. So it means a lot, especially how far the girls have come. And we're really, really excited and can't wait to support them today in the stadium. Um, especially uh, how well they've done so far and all the nations behind the girls. Uh, do you want to, who do I have here? Edel, how are you? How are you, Edel? <laughs> Good so time. did you travel from, where did you travel from? In? Uh, from, so came over from Ennis. Okay. Uh, we landed in, a few of us landed in yesterday. Okay, so Edel, uh, what's your plan? Do you plan on following the girls throughout the tournament? Or? Yes, so making the most of this time while here. Um, so we'll get over to Perth, then we'll come back to Sydney, then we'll make it up to Brisbane. Play Sean Reedy from Today FM joins me by phone. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm delighted to catch up with you live in Sydney. Now, of course, you have the Irish living in Australia who must be out of their minds with excitement. And you also spoke to people who have travelled from Ireland out there, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. One thing I have to say that stood out to me over the last couple of days since we kind of touched down is there's a lot of mixed stories around here. So you have a lot of people here that, like you said, that Sydney's now their home. It has been their home for the last kind of, some up to about 12 years that we've met. And then there's a fresh, there's a fresh crew of people in for the weekend, for 
for the match that was on this week and making their big kind of summer holiday out of it. And what's great is it's, it's actually reuniting people. There's, there's people that maybe haven't seen friends or family in years, and, and this World Cup is a reason why they're travelling to Sydney and why they've come out here. So I think we look back, we'll look back on this game, this game particularly against, our, against Australia in Sydney. It's, 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 an historic, it's an historic moment for women's football, but it's even bigger for Irish sport and Irish culture because of all that goes on between the Irish and the Sydney Lynx. So it's almost conflicting, really, because the Australians love the Irish. Irish Australia is a home for so many Irish people, but yet Ireland are taking on the Australians on the pitch it's um it's yeah. a hard, you know it's it's like it must be difficult for some as to who they should support yeah. it is and actually it's very interesting i was down this morning getting my cup of coffee before we went out kind of meeting some of the fans and there was a, there was a woman behind me in the coffee shop and she had a son with her and he had you know those half and half GAA jerseys that you'd see you might see Cork Kerry or Cork Galway but she had a half Ireland half Australia <laughs> Soccer top on, and I just thought, isn't it mad that there's a and like we're going to start seeing this now. We're going to see the first, or say, you know, a new generation of of Irish Australian children being born, and they have they'll have this dual citizenship. And I'm sure there's families across Sydney and across Australia, and and, and maybe even across Cork today that have a scenario where there's a parent that might be a. Irish and another parent that might be Australian and that, that you know it's, it's, a, it's, it's a battle for 90 yeah. minutes we all have that actually even in even in my own family and indeed my wife's family you could have um, a, a Cork man and a Cork woman who went down there young fell in love got married had children in Australia who yeah. are Australian children <laughs> exactly yeah I, I, and you know what I think sometimes we forget about that. Like immigration is not just going to a city and working and saving money. You know, it's it's immersing yourself in it. It's joining joining local teams. It's 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 getting to know the local people and the local coffee shops and the local. You know, and so the, the local of Sydney becomes this person that might be from Cork or wherever yeah. becomes their local away from home. You know. Yeah. Tell me this. Do you meet any Cork people? You know us in Cork. We're it's the centre of the world to us. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what? I was talking to your your producers yesterday. And they said, will you, will you come do a piece with us tomorrow? And, you know, if you can speak to any Cork people, that would be great. And I think at that, at that point, I, at that point, I'd met, not met one Cork person. But I think it must be the power of Neil Prendiville or what. But ever since then, every second person I bump into seems to be from Cork. And there was people that flew all the way that because there was no direct flights um, from, from Abu Dhabi or Sydney to Cork Airport. So they went on these long journeys where they'd go to London, to Singapore. And like there, there was loads of them out there. The life and soul of the party as always is all those Cork people. So. Aren't you, aren't <laughs> you lucky? Aren't you, you lucky? Know what is, I'm, I'm a lucky man to be among them. You're a lucky man to meet them. So what, what's the story now? Are you heading to the match or what are you going to do? No, I'm not. I'm not heading to the match. I, I unfortunately, I am actually working out here, so I have to go out and do a few a bit of recording during the match. So I, I'm going to watch it in a local a local Irish hotel. It's actually located next to the Sydney Harbour Bridge. It's called the Mercantile Pub, and it seems to be where all the Irish people that maybe couldn't make it, um, that that they couldn't get the tickets because you know, you like this, this game was originally scheduled to take place in a forty thousand seater stadium. And because of the demand for tickets, because of that reason we were just talking about, the Irish people there, the Australian people, it's been moved to the Olympic Stadium here in Sydney. It's the biggest stadium. It's eight, over 80,000 wow. people. 
same size as Crow Park, and the the pressure, the demand for tickets, like it's it's it, it, you know, for us it's probably similar to what, what an All Ireland ticket is. It was, it was gold dust. I actually spoke to a man yesterday. He he's from um, Kildare originally, moved out here, is working in KPMG here, and and he got a call last night to say that someone had a spare ticket for the game, and he was uh, he was delighted. So you know that that's. To get a ticket for this event, even though it's in the size of the stadium, it is. It was. It was gold dust. It must be incredible the buzz there, and it's great to have something like this to celebrate and get behind again. Um, yes, and of course, we're just kind of like sixteen, seventeen minutes now uh, from from kickoff. So get yourself to the Mercantile, the big screens there, yes. because here at home we've got some big screens. And it's good news for Cork as well. Megan Connolly and Denise O'Sullivan has been have both been announced as starters. So bring it on is all I can say. Yeah, great one. And do, do, do you know what, Neil? One thing, just really quickly, because I'm sure you have something else to move on to. I know what the producer in me would be saying. No, you're good, on. man. You're good. But just, just one thing. I was talking to um, Vera. We were doing an interview yesterday with Vera Powell. We were talking to her, you know, just after we were wrapping up the equipment. And she said, a couple of years ago, she came to Ireland. And she was talking to a woman. And the woman said to her that she, her, her, her little girl was three years old at the time, was watching the TV one day, and there was a women's football match on the TV. And the daughter said to her, her mom, why is there women playing football? Because the young girl had always just associated matches on TV with men playing. Yeah. And Vera said, my job is to come in, and I want to change that. I want to change the perception. And she goes, look, I know we're not going to get to Champions League final levels in, in the first decade, but it's, we're going to get there. And if you think about it, in just two short years, you know, she's playing, she has the team at a World Cup, 80,000-seater stadium, Sydney, Australia. People are, are traveling thousands, spending tens of thousands to get here. And, like, that's the cultural significance that this has had. Oh, absolutely. Well said. Impassioned viewpoint. Well said, as always. Listen, I'll let you get on, Sean. You're very kind to stop by, and thank you for that thank audio. You. Enjoy your day, my friend, all right? I, I will, I will. Thank you very Take much. Take care, Sean, really, from uh, Today FM. He's off to, off to one of the pubs now to... Uh, uh, set the scene, get the atmos. And Kevin, actually, Kevin Galvin, is down at the Woolshed for us. And there's a big, big event down there as well. It started already, to be honest with you. They've got the big screens in. I'm sure they've got the finger food and everything. I'd imagine it's completely booked out at this stage. I just think it's exciting to be talking about stories like this. Oh, it brings you all the way back as far as uh, Italian oh, 90, sorry, for God's yeah, sake. Welcome, anyway, sorry. Eddie, good morning. Hello. Eddie, good man yourself. Are you, yes. you're in Sydney heading to Olympic Park Let's, right now? Literally, we're just after walking into the stadium and we've got the, we have the coming to country on, which is the Aboriginal people. And what are you seeing? Yeah, tell me, be my eyes. What are you seeing in the stadium? So, so yeah, so there we are. Look, literally, we are just finding our seats. We've got the Aboriginal fucking coming to country. As we speak on the ground, there's probably 60,000 people in the, in the stadium as we, as we are. And it is just, I reckon it's 50, 50, 50, 50 with supporters. And it's just, it's electric. You're seeing a lot of it Irish really colours electric. then, Irish jerseys, Irish flags, the green, white and gold. Absolutely. On the way out, Irish people in the, in the, in the train station were way more vocal than the Aussies. And I think we'll, we'll really out them when the match starts. Okay. It's not hot or humid. What are the conditions like? It's, well, it's winter time. I'm living here 14 years. It's winter time. It's, it's, it's a nice family. It's a nice family, 14 or 15 degrees it is. Yeah. So what is it? It's evening time there, obviously. Yeah, of course it's it is. It's evening time. It's nearly, nearly, eight, nearly eight, 8 p.m. I hope you have good well, seats. You, you need, you need, you need, a, you need a jacket. You need a jacket, even. Give me the great seats. 
we're right behind the goals. We're, we're right behind the goals uh, where the Irish fans are. Oh my God! I'd say the excitement is unbelievable. And it, the- is, it is unreal. Even now, you've got the the, the Aboriginal dancers out on the field, and it's just literally it's fantastic. Has there been a, has there been so a fierce... who are watching it on the TV will see it. Yeah, absolutely, and it will be televised, obviously. But uh, tell me this, has there been a huge build-up and buzz for weeks in advance of, of today? Absolutely. And, 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 and it needed to be for, for women yeah. and for, like, for Irish people out here. On just unbelievable. Okay. Like, really, you just could not believe... Uh, in Surrey Hills near Central Station before it came out the green jerseys just took up the whole street and it was I, I, I'm 14 years living here and I've never I've never seen that like it and it was just phenomenal okay listen uh, enjoy the match would you be inclined to give any kind of prediction of a score well I, I know uh, we, we, we know that Sam Kerr is, is injured yeah not playing so I'm, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for a 2-1 Ireland win I really think that when the when the ladies come out and you see 80,000 people I think that it's just going to bring the best out in the Irish and I really do and All that's right. coming from a fellow who's got dual, dual citizenship. But I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for an Irish win. You're not conflicted. You're back in Ireland. In fairness, not well said. Well said. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, listen. And I, you know what? Yeah. Um, I, I shout out to my two nieces in Cork as well, Lily, Lily and Michelle. It's great to have chatted with you from inside the Olympic Park Stadium. Well done for taking the call. Off you go and enjoy the no match. Worries. Thank you, buddy. Good on you. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. in the Olympic Park right now. My God, isn't it amazing how you can connect with people all over the world and even closer to home? Chris O'Mani is the former chairman of Cork City Women's Football uh, Club and he joins me by phone. Uh, Just a quick call because he obviously wants to get to go and watch the match, so I won't keep him long. Chris, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Great news then. Megan and Denise starting. Yeah. Brilliant. It is. Um, I think, obviously, apart from Denise's uh, injury scare there uh, recently, I think it is. And I suppose it's worth remembering um, that the two girls have been absolutely crucial to our campaign. Pretty much every single important goal we scored, one or two of them have been involved. Mm. Um, you know, Finland were our main, like everyone knew Sweden were probably going to win the group. Finland were our main opposition. And in the away game, it was Denise and Megan scored in the home game. Uh, I think one of them possibly scored as well. Um, sorry, the home game was the one we qualified to the, for the playoff for, and it was Megan's free kick set up Lily Ag. And then the point we got against Sweden at, uh, away proved to be crucial as so well. So they're central to the Irish team. This sure. will, will, they be, will they be nervous now, or will they have been helped in that regard to stay calm and play their best game? I think um, sir, some of them might not be. They, they would have had more experience playing in front of big crowds and a lot of support. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that like, they're always kind of grounded players. You know, the whole but wouldn't lot of this them, be I the think. biggest game of their life so far? Uh, by a mile, I'd say, unless they qualify for the next round, which hopefully they will. This is, this is it so for them. Yeah, you know? Yeah. We know a um, lot about Denise, but tell us a little bit about Megan. Is, was she was her background in, in College Corinthians, was it? Yeah, College Corinthians. And, I, you know, her, like both families were heavily involved in supporting. Her father, Mick, would have been a, a huge, um, had a huge involvement in College Corinthians and coached the teams that Megan was on and uh, her sister would have been on the same team gotcha. as well. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I suppose, I remember watching the game, she was about 14, but she was on the kind of the back pitch up in College Corinthians. Um, 
you know, but, uh, and it wasn't certainly not going to be said in Australia, but that's where, that's the kind of thing they started out from. And uh, thankfully facilities here have improved, but they've come from um, fairly down to earth places. I think um, Kay, who'd be Megan's aunt, was involved as well. So certainly the, the families of both sides are involved, but with both of them, you could see almost straight away, the, these girls had the potential to make it. But I suppose it was their own drive and determination. And I would think being grounded is what got them there. Well, having potential is one thing, but having an opportunity is another. Well, we all all know people in all sports, male and female, who had the potential. That was kind of like, you know, these I could have made it stories. But girls have made it. You know, they they have. um, And it's... It's, um, I'd say you'd love to be there, would you, Chris? Proud. I'd say you'd love oh. to <laughs> Well, Neil, I'm like a kid on Christmas Day waiting for Santa at the moment. So I'd say if I was over there, God only knows what I'd be like. Uh, uh, where, are you, where are you going to watch it? Um, I'll be watching it in work. <laughs> I don't, I'm not allowed to say where it is. So right, okay. <laughs> watch it in work with the sound down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but right. anyway, that's, I, I have permission, but I'm not supposed to be telling well, listen, everyone. You, you know enjoy it, man, and take some pride from your involvement in it down through the years. Well done, Chris. Fair play to you, Thanks, Take Cheers. care, Chris Amani. Well, um, actually, you know, uh, the big there are a lot of different events on. I'm quite sure that many places that have you know big screens or pubs that are open will be showing the match, and hopefully people will be in there enjoying it. But the Woolshed, that's where the Cork supporters are this morning, the Woolshed. Uh, and Kevin is down there as well, and he sent me a build-up box just a, a few minutes ago let's have a listen this is the build-up of the wool shed the thing so um big big crowd here outside the sheds all the O'Sullivan clan here uh really to catch okay um there's some of kind of vacated ex-estate left but i'm gonna grab the ones in front of me so mind if i ask your own name uh, melissa o'sullivan and how do you know denise i'm denise's sister brilliant so uh you must be how'd you feel last night how'd you sleep um i didn't really sleep i must have about five o'clock this morning <laughs> <laughs> the nerves are setting in but look it's all good in fairness you spent the time preparation you the jersey, you have the tricolours on the head. How are you feeling about the game? Here we go, I'm feeling good. Yeah. They're strong. World Cup can go anyway, so we'll see what happens. And Denise is starting, which which is great news. She is, she is and you know what? Bring it on. It'll be fantastic. Brilliant. And who do I have with me here? Uh, Lacey, Denise's cousin. Brilliant, Lacey. And uh, so, like, you always knew Denise growing up, and obviously she was always had a football at her feet. Absolutely, from a tiny, tiny baby. Yeah. Um, obviously, with her five brothers supporting her all the way. Yeah. It was never going to be any different for her. It's what she wanted, it's like where she's going. So, she's got there. Her dreams have come true, her dreams have come true for her. So. And I suppose, like, you know, even just a couple of years ago, the state of women's football with everything the way it was, you it must be mad to think now that we're here at a World Cup and the whole country's behind them. Well, like, I remember going and it was the men World Cup like I have memories of that but for us for Janice's family for her nieces and nephews my own girls like their memories are going to be of the Women's World Cup which is like absolutely amazing like you like you, you could make it up and they're all decked out in their jerseys and, and but it's great it just shows like this what this could do in the future and like Denise could be a, the ambassador now for Ireland's football going forward she's definitely 100% there to give in all of the kids in Cork and Ireland um, like they can follow her footsteps they can make their dreams come true and she has shown that so yeah we're very proud of her brilliant thanks so much um, I'm going to leave Willie for a second because I know you'll be talking to Neil I'm gonna <laughs> can I ask yeah, I'm showing you under the bus very quickly um, can I ask your own name 
Kathleen O'Sullivan. Kathleen, and how do you know Denise? Denise is my Denise is my niece. Denise is your niece. Okay. And come here, um, I suppose, watching her grow up and now seeing this, like just having all the clan together to have such a happy day and to be looking forward to playing the World Cup. You must have imagined it was going to happen. So proud of her, even now. You know, and all the years she's gone through, and her dad gave her the start, of course. Like her dad believed in her, and she proved him right. Yeah, and look like you'd be at the centre of everyone's t- thoughts, of course. And I, but I mean, and look, she was over in America when it all happened, and for this just shows how resilient she is that she's able to kind of, over, you know, not overcome it, but you know what I mean. Kind of, she'll always have him with him, but to be able to carry on with her career and, and to become such a success it's all it's all for him I'd say yeah. you know most of it but like she deserves everything she gets she's worked very really hard and uh, we're so happy to be here today to celebrate that for her absolutely yeah and can I ask you yourself what's your own name Linda Linda and how do you know Denise She's my niece. <laughs> so you're the second aunt here. Um, and just, like, in terms of, like, well, first of all, how did you sleep last night? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> we weren't. And morning butterflies in my stomach. We were just so proud of her, yeah. you know, how far she has come. You know, and we know her dad, her best friend, you know, and her mentor when she growing up as a child. And he, I know, we all know he's watching. Down and my own husband is watching down in her as well. So, and I suppose it's important that these days you remember all the people who have contributed to it as well, you know, because they can kind of get forgotten sometimes, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we'll never forget them, yeah. you know what I mean? They're with us today and we know that and Sinead knows that, Denise knows that, yeah. you know. And I, I saw Willie had a, she did a message for Father's Day and I think the message said, you know, behind every great footballer is a dad who, you know, who believed in her first. Yeah, uh, I mean, she started off with playing football at him and she was three. Yeah. Do you know, she was three years of age, and there, was, there were five boys, five girls in the family and she was with the boys all the way you know she never wanted dolls or anything like that she wanted football and, fo- and boots <laughs> so there was a was there ever Christmas presents given to you? <laughs> you spent a few money on football boots did you? new boots <laughs> did you never know so much about football boots before Denise came so long? oh no 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 <laughs> no no brilliant and uh, you think they're going to win today? Oh, they better win. <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind. And if they don't, we're just so proud of Denise and her team anyway. Absolutely. You know, to come this far. Absolutely. Right, I'll leave you get on with it. Have I Mother Goose here? Um, the, and half of the reason why, well, part, there's a certain very big reason why Denise is the woman that she is now. And like, I don't want to upset you, but of course, like John is going to be in everyone's thoughts today. Oh, as yeah, well. of course, yeah. He is, yeah. He is. He was like a manager with Denise. Like, you know, he used to be telling her what to do and everything. Like, and she's fantastic. Like. Yeah. And he's, she's, she's, it's amazing that obviously she's flown the nest. Um, and that's very difficult. And I presume homesickness, she's probably sick, you know, when she went over first because she went over quite young to oh, America. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. 
she went over and John she came home and John passed away like, yeah. and then the following day she went away like. yeah. it was hard for her like, you know yeah. but she loves the there now like, and she wouldn't come back here anymore like. <laughs> well she came back she for the back for I was going to say she came back and like the send off that she gave for oh, her was amazing yeah, that was amazing like. it was brilliant like, you know fabulous like. she's a great ambassador for Nockney Heaney as oh, well she like, is, yeah. Yeah. and for all the, uh, you know the kids, the like, kids up they love yeah. her like, to yeah. do I really love her, like. So, how are the nerves this morning? Oh, I can't wait! <laughs> Just wait and wait. And uh, come here, um, are they going to win and is Denise going to score? I'd say they're going to win and yeah. she's going to score. Brilliant. <laughs> Great. Enjoy the match, lads. Thanks so much. Much. Right, all right, all right. Kevin Galvin is live at the Woolshed this morning. Morning. Sounds to me. Morning, Neil. Sounds to me as everybody down there is related to Denise O'Sullivan. Is that right? I would say so. I would say if not related, definitely neighbour. The place is absolutely joined here and there's only one girl and one team on everyone's mind and that's Denise O'Sullivan. I was just watching the build-up here on the TV and it, this is a full-scale World Cup. By any stretch of the imagination, it is absolutely no different to the men's World Cups of yesteryear. The stadium is enormous. There's 80,000 people in it. The colour, the bunting, the parade out of the teams. It's superb stuff. Well, the demand for tickets for this game is higher than the actual World Cup final. Which will give you an idea of how things have been. Now, they were originally supposed to be in a different stadium. They've actually moved it to this one, the main stadium in Australia, which is known as Australia Stadium. I think it's 75,000 tickets and uh, you can't get a single one now. So, And I can tell you, by the crowd that are here tonight, it's not, or this, this afternoon, should I say, it's not just what's inside the stadium, but the atmosphere all around the world. I mean, Irish diaspora, particularly here in Cork. The crowd is absolutely massive here, so so we're, um, minute, we're yeah, minutes away. Is. We're minutes away from kickoff. Is it full there? Everybody's sitting down, having a couple of jars, are eating food, big screens or what? Absolutely, yeah. There's a big screen up here. There's a couple of screens around. The bar's kind of split in two, as you know it. And there's a big screen in the back. All of the O'Sullivan clan are in the back. We have a huge amount of numbers out the front watching it as well. We have all drinks of all varieties, uh, coffees, all the way up to beers. And you can hear there's Denise on screen now. And you'll know when she comes on screen anytime she is because there's a huge roar from all the clan here. I'd say there is about 60 to 70 of the O'Sullivan's there. They have a big family. Um, so I think uh, between the cousins and the sisters and the aunts and the nieces and the brothers and the and the everything else, um, she, is, she does a huge clan there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not just, it's not a, you know, this feels like a World Cup. If it's like any other World Cup game like we've had with the men in 2002, like this is exactly what it feels like. So um, the fact that it's a Women's World Cup, I think is kind of largely irrelevant. It's it's a World Cup that Ireland That's are in exactly for the first time. It is. It's massively a full scale, bring it on, World Cup. And I hope to have the stamina, the O'Sullivans and the Connolly families for the entire World Cup because um, it's going to be a long one, hopefully, for the Irish. So um, I see that the teams now have just swapped pendants, have gone to their respective sides of the pitch. So kick off. Any second, I'd imagine, would you think? Any second. And the big news, I'm sure you're probably aware, is that the kind of star of the Australian team forward, Sam Kerr, she plays at Chelsea in England. She is the one woman to watch on the Australian team. She's actually been ruled out last minute, so she's on, named on the bench, but she's injured. So as Ireland get our star player back from injury, and Denise, 
the Aussies lose there. So let's hope that uh, those little things that help us to victory this uh, this morning. Okay, check in with you a couple of times between now and midday. We'll leave it there for now, Kevin. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much, Kevin Gavin, live from the Woolshed. Check out my Twitter page, actually, for scenes from the Woolshed because we're posting photographs and videos as well. So uh, it's kickoff time. What else can I tell you? It's 11 in the morning. Now... Show. Red FM. Very exciting time, isn't it? It really and truly is. The match is underway. I'll have a pain in my neck, a crick in my neck, because no matter what I'm doing here with the studio and all this stuff around me and all these buttons and equipment, I keep on looking right at the television screen, <laughs> waiting for a goal to go in. Um, but imagine, you know, you talk about nerves and the build-up to events like this. You know, um, and I was watching the, the teams go out there just a few minutes ago. I want to bring Rob Heffernan in, our own Rob Heffernan, the former Olympic medalist. He joins me by phone. He knows about build-up and nerves. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I won't keep you long because I know you're watching, but I was watching them come out of the tunnel there and they were doing these breathing exercises, the kind of breathing exercise to do, you do it, it looks to me as if, if you're kind of nervous or tense. That, that's the reality of it. Is this is, a big, this is a big moment in their careers, right? It is. It's a huge moment in their careers. When you think back to these girls from when they've been younger, like they've represented Ireland from underage championships all the way up and like to even get to this point, they've gone through some really, really pressurised scenarios and big scenarios. So they would have visualised like even this opening game months in advance. They'd have known that the stadium was going to be full and they will remove, well, they should remove the show that's going on around them and they need to stick to their process and they look as if they're in peak physical condition yeah. and then the mental side is going to be massive yeah. because as much as you want to put an old head and young shoulders and kind of expedite the process, none of these girls have played in front of a crowd this size before and some people will rise to the occasion and they will love the big day and it will get to some players but you're just hoping that that's not going to be the case here and that they're going to have the confidence to go out and just stick to their game plan, stick to the game because a big crowd, eighty thousand. This is the this is the Olympic Stadium. I mean, you 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 competed in that stadium, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but I loved it. I loved. Uh, you see, I suppose it's, it's different characters. Like, do you know what it's like? It's like do you know the days you were gone on holidays there, and Kevin tried to take the hot seat. Just wasn't able for the big stage, Neil. You know, like some people are able for the big the stage and the show and. I loved, like even racing in London and Moscow, I loved going in there and showing off. You're showing off your skills. You want to show off the best version of yourself and you know that's your time to shine. So it's when, your time to become so a when you talk about, because, you know, we talk about people who wouldn't be used to 80,000 in a stadium and playing for the national team. There's, yeah. a, there's a little period of time where you just need to settle into the game. We're, we're seven or eight minutes in now. Have they settled in, do you think, and found their place? The Aussies are looking strong here at the moment. They're good. But, they, yeah, I know they, they seem solid. There is going to be that, obviously, a massive amount of emotion because of the build-up. And I, I think after the first, yeah, 10 minutes, hopefully they'll settle into it and they'll come back to what they're trained to do, come back to what their game is, you know, their football, the system that they're going to be playing and stick into that. And everything, everything on the outside is just a show because you're going to have thousands. Like I was saying this this morning, even on the radio, you're going to have thousands of Laurel Mannies over here watching this, jumping on a bandwagon. They might necessarily have a clue about football. <laughs> this is going to be there for the occasion, you're, you know. You're in rare form this morning, passing compliments <laughs> in fairness to you. <laughs> but that's just the reality of life, Lee, you know. But you're, you're just hoping that they come back to the essence of them being sportswomen. They stay focused on their job. They do their best. And if they end up getting beaten by a better team, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to go on and try and get better. 
but um, you know we're hopeful that they're going away. So sport really, yes, yeah, sport is as much a mental game as a physical game, isn't it? That's why we have like, like you. You work as well as a performance coach, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, like if you can. Put, again you're trying to expedite the process like obviously these girls have gone into big scenarios and a lot of it is belief and if they really really believe and you can't you have to have that inner belief that you are that good and if they can jump ahead like you can see in any sport you can have an Olympic champion at 18, 19 years of age people always go back oh they need the experience they need the experience some people just believe that they are that good and they need the stage to really perform and, yeah, um, yeah. and hopefully we, you know this this is where stars are born yeah I mean look at what you did just to remind people again we're going back to uh, the year 2000 at the age of 22 former Olympic medalist you competed there uh, that's the same stadium first Olympics for you won bronze in Barcelona uh, Olympic bronze in London 2012 gold at the European Championships in Moscow in 2013 both of the, all of this like f- these are 50k walks right yeah, yeah, 20 and 50, yeah. It's but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's an insane achievement, isn't it? Uh, it is, it is, but it's all relevant, Neil. You know, you're, you're looking at it's your, and I, I, I think the big thing towards the end is that just that sense of belonging that, like, you had to go through the earlier stages of my career to realise, these, these are only fellas with two arms and two legs. <laughs> if I prepare and I do everything that I can to the best of my ability, there's no reason why I can't yeah. be better than any of these and just really believe in that. So, Hopefully, you know, these girls will have a very good setup. They're very professional, you know. The women's game is so professional now that hopefully they've gone through all of them scenarios from, you know, when they were teenagers, you know. I think you just put it brilliantly. If you believe, it can happen, right? 100% you have to believe. And it can't just be a kind of throwing out there. It's a real inner belief that when they're out there, that it was like, oh, no, we're, we're better than these girls. We can win. And, and we find out in the last quarter of the game who genuinely believes that they need to be, that they're the stars out there today and hopefully we, our girls are going to do it it's what 11 minutes in now still no goals still <laughs> no goals or there's life there's hope <laughs> there you is. No, I'm hopeful Neil I'm hopeful I'll let you get back to it to watch the match All we'll right. talk later Thank cheers my luck, man enjoy. take Bye care of the great Rob Heffernan where there's belief uh, there's hope um, it's as much as believing and maybe even imagining you know what I mean um, manifesting I suppose to some extent anyway what have we got uh, 11 and a half minutes in <sighs> my nerves have a crick in my neck looking at it call the Neil Prenderville show now 0818 104 Red FM ok a lovely lovely text with regards to Paddy's situation earlier on this morning that we managed to sort out from hope that poor man will be ok uh, he's exposing them for drug use live on air. Um, be careful about things like that, but certainly reported to the Gardaí. Absolutely, the Gardaí are aware of what they did and the money they took from him. Um, somebody else says, if that man needs help with bedclothes, I will purchase the bedclothes for him, says Billy Murphy. Just send me his details. Thank you for that, Billy. Uh, oh, my God, that's heartbreaking, Paddy's story and how he was caught. I'm worried for him. Does he have family and friends? His only bit of company was the kittens. It's just so upsetting. I'm crying here at home over him. Uh, that poor man my heart is broken from. Surely there's someone to help him, a lovely, kind man who's just doing his best. Yes, indeed, people are helping him and we have much of his problems sorted already. Is it possible to offer a few bob to Paddy on the air, having issues with uh, uh, bugs and insects and fleas? And those scumbags pretending to be pest controllers, says Judith. I know, but there are people out there like that and they just prey on the vulnerable and they prey, unfortunately, all too often on the elderly. Somebody else says, I'm happy to pay for a night in a hotel for Paddy on a confidential basis. 
Thank you for that, because bear in mind, he is on a pension. It's so sad to hear Paddy telling you what happened to him, but did he get the lad's number online or what? Yeah, absolutely, online, um, Googling it and trying to contact different companies. And of course, you end up in, uh, you go, end up, the more you Google, the more you end up going into different things that will ultimately take you into people who claim to have businesses. But as Pest Attack were saying to us earlier this morning, um, you need to make sure of a few different things when you're dealing with a company. First, they need to have a landline. Be very wary. No disrespect to people who do run legitimate businesses, but be very wary of people who um, don't have vans or don't have signage and only work off a mobile phone. Please, Neil, don't hand those poor kittens over to just anybody. There are horrible out- people out there who will take kittens for free and use them for dog baiting. Please make sure you give them to a recognised charity. So thank you for all of those and hopefully Paddy's in a much better place now. With regards to Cabana uh, lifestyle uh, going into receivership and an awful lot of people, I mean an awful lot of people now uh, owed substantial amounts of money. I had a hot tub put in by Cabana two years ago and if my husband, husband hadn't constantly pursued them, the work would never have been done. Uh, They were the most difficult company to deal with. My God, the stress we had and so many excuses. Thankfully, I have my cube now and my hot tub, but we absolutely had to hound them, uh, says Mary. Well, I hope that those who are are owed money won't give up on it and that, you know, in some way, shape or form, uh, something can be done to help them. I don't I don't know whether it will or not. Usually you go into receivership and then, then into liquidation. And if there's no money there. Um, well, I'm afraid you just uh, stand the loss. If the supplier's gone into receivership, I can understand revenue being paid out first, but I can't understand why the banks would get paid before the public and the customers. Protecting the banks again, I suppose. And one final one on this, you know, with regards to deposits, I was talking about the amount of deposits that people are asked to pay. In the case of Cabana, it was 50% up front. It can be that and more, Neil. If you're buying marble, for instance, a 75% deposit is required. So that's a selection of them uh, by text to uh, 0868 104 Yeah, um, it's not, the irony of it isn't lost on me. You know, you look at what Diageo are doing, it's not unlike what the hotels did. And Sean says, when we were in lockdown, the ho- lockdown, the hoteliers were whinging and, and telling us to, oh, please stay at home, please support the hotels in Ireland, we're suffering, we need to stay open, we need your help. And we did. We supported them and kept their heads above water. They're now looking for €1,000 for one night on the night that, say, Coldplay are playing. They should be ashamed of their lives for what they're doing. And what's worse, the idiots that are paying them the €1,000 a night for a hotel bedroom. Yeah, not just exclusively Coldplay, to be quite honest with you. Any major event, the hotels just use it as an excuse to drive up costs. But speaking, and I I will come back to the the Ireland-Australia game, I promise you that. But speaking of costs... Yesterday we were going off air and of course the news was announced that Diageo have decided to pull another fast one. And I told you about their profits. We're talking about billions of profits for Diageo on a worldwide scale. Some of the papers this morning are suggesting that Diageo will put four, euro, four, four cent on the price of a pint. The VAT will be an extra cent to bring it to five. And then the Mail this morning are suggesting that publicans then will use the opportunity to put another five cent to get their little slice of it, so it could be 10 cent on the pint. Now, I don't know whether that's fair or unfair. That's what they're speculating in the papers. Michael O'Donovan is the chairman of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, and he's the publican at the Castle Inn, and joins me by phone. So, Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, Just on that point, um, is it fair to say that the publicans will themselves use it as an opportunity? 
Uh, look, Neil, I suppose some will increase the price uh, by five cents. Others will probably increase it by 10 cents. But there'll be a vast majority I've been talking to yesterday of publicans are talking about absorbing this price increase. So you'll have a mixture of all three. Um, look, each in, each publican is an individual uh, business person and they will have to do what is best suited to their own business. So they'll have to make a decision. Uh, we're not allowed to uh, instruct them or give them anything on that from a Vintners Federation viewpoint because of competition authority. So the state in no way can intervene into this uh, because it's, it's, it's private enterprise. They can't control the price of food. They can't control the price that people charge for a pint. Nothing. The state cannot intervene in this. No, the state cannot intervene in it. Each, uh, each publican sets their own price point that they want to sell their product at. Um, just like Diageo, um, like we've had a meeting with Diageo yesterday morning uh, and like we were, we're still appealing to them. Uh, as you alluded to there, they've made record profits across the globe. Uh, Diageo are a big multinational company and at this stage, you know, they're citing rising business costs. Um, look, we, we, we all have rising business costs, but what we've seen, I suppose, in the last six, eight weeks uh, is electricity and gas prices starting to come down. They are still at an all-time high. Um, They're probably, you know, maybe 60% up on what they were in 2019, but they've started to come down from the high peaks that they were in January, February, Mm -hmm. March Mm -hmm. of this year. Let's not forget that in February of this year, Diageo put their prices up, didn't they? Yeah, it went up 12 cent plus fast back in on the 1st of February. So this is kind of unprecedented that, um, you know, that we'd have two increases in a year. Uh, we, we, you know, of the volume, the magnitude that we're having. So like the 12 cent plus the 4 cent plus fast, you know, we're, we're up at, uh, you know, 17 or 16 cent plus the VAT with the two, uh, with the two increases we've never seen in my lifetime or, or any publican's lifetime this level of increase in any calendar year. Yeah, but why should it surprise us though when we look at the supermarket multinationals doing the same constantly? Their prices keep going north as well. So it shouldn't yeah. come as a surprise, I suppose. Well, well, that's the difficulty we have, Neil, because uh, our customer across the counter is feeling the pinch, you know, and what we've seen uh, the last number of months and what uh, our members are reporting is, you know, very dependent on the domestic tourists this uh, summer because there isn't the same number of foreign tourists. And if they are here, the spend is down um, because they're paying a lot more for hotel accommodation yeah. or any accommodation. So spend, unfortunately, uh, going out to eat or going out to drink has been down because of that. So it's, um, yeah, and, so it's frustrating like, for publicans, I would say, that they're so dependent on the likes of Diageo. Do you expect Heineken to follow suit now? Well, we hope not because Heineken took an unprecedented uh, increase, if you remember, last November. So uh, we've, we've uh, had talks uh, yesterday with Heineken uh, just to check and there's no plans uh, at the moment. So look, that's all we can take it at their word. So um, uh, hopefully this will be the end of it. And we're still appealing to Diageo at this late stage uh, to reconsider this because it's just ill-timed. You know, it's peak tourist season uh, increasing it in the middle of August and especially for those that are very dependent on the tourist business to see them through the winter the lean winter months this is coming at an absolute yeah. you know disaster of it is for but they have you over a beer barrel because they produce manufacture and sell Guinness so and then you got to have it 
Yeah, look, they've Guinness, Carlsberg, Rockshore, uh, Hart, you know, um, they've, they've uh, a lot of products, Smithix. So uh, Guinness would be absolutely the number one and big uh, product. And, I've, you know, the, the vast majority of pubs in the country would have a, would have Guinness in, on their counter. So, yes, if, if Diageo decide to cut the price, there's, you know, we can, uh, as like say the board of the Vintners Federation, we can meet with them and um, we can argue our, our side with them, but the final decision rests with them. Um, and unfortunately at the moment, it seems like they're progressing with this increase, but hopefully uh, if they see sense because of where we are at the moment, um, this is just not the right time to do it. In the good times when things were absolutely flying, did we ever, ever see even once the price of pints coming down? Um, well, uh, if excise duty reduces, um, I don't know if you remember, we had an excise uh, um, uh, or a VAT drop and uh, the price of point did come down. It only came down, you know, five cents at that time because that was what the, the increase. But I only remember it once in my lifetime, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah they passed um, it, it on. It, yeah, it, 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 it needs, uh, like we're in the middle of uh, doing our budget submission at the moment and part of that will be excise because we have the second highest excise in Europe. And look, the the nine percent fat rate looks like it's going to increase to thirteen and a half percent on September one. It's legislated for. It's highly, highly unlikely at this stage that the government are going to recall the doll in the next five or six weeks to change that legislation. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the nine percent fat rate on September one will increase to thirteen and a half percent. But an excise cut on alcohol would help everybody. Um, so, like, yeah, uh, hopefully, okay. the, the government might see sense and bring us more in line with Europe on, I know, on the excise. Uh, I, I know when you, yeah, I know when you compare it to internationally, our prices are, are crazy high. Um, do you remember in February there were publicans threatening at the time to to um, throw out products from? I think it might have been Heineken or, or Diageo or both. I wonder did much of that happen where they just stopped serving? It's, it was last November when Heineken were doing the... Was it November, yes, was, yeah, yeah. Yes, there was, a, uh, I think it was kind of mid-October, there was publicans talking about it. Some did, um, but um, I suppose, look, when other companies then followed suit, I think that... And look, you have agreements with companies as well. It's 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 very hard. Again, it's up to each individual publican, but it's, it's very hard to... To, to do those kind of things in this day and age because uh, consumers are looking for a product and if you're not having that product, you know, there's yeah. always the worry that they'd go somewhere else. I know, but it's long since changed now from when you went in and the taps were Guinness, Murphy's, Beamish, Heineken, Smithix, Harp. Now you're seeing all of the IPAs. Now you're seeing all of the craft brewers getting into pubs and you're even seeing some of the bigger pubs brewing their own beer. So it's, it's, it's a changing marketplace now, you know? It, yeah, it is. It's changing. And look, um, you know, competition is the key to this. And, you know, for a while we had three three big players in the country. You had Molson, um, Heineken and Diageo. And obviously we had Beamish here in Cork, Beamish and Crawford. But now you've got Cotton Ball doing like, a huge range. You've got Franciscan yeah. Well doing a huge range. You've got Benny McCabe yeah. doing a huge range, you know? Yeah, it is. Like, we're, we're lucky in Cork that we have such uh, producers and that they're able to supply... Um, you know, we've gone out there in Ballyvourney as well, uh, doing great stuff. So, like, um, we're 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 very lucky here in Cork that we have choice that we're able to, I suppose, keep the the big players on their toes uh, with it with competition. Maybe but that's the message that should go out there that people should be supporting independent brewers like the White Deer that you're talking about in Ballyvourney. I think that's what you are talking about, isn't it? And people, yeah. and people like that, and 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 just say, okay, let let's support our own because you can get uh, an alternative lager, IPA, beer, 
stout, anything now, can you? Yeah, you can. I suppose the, the, the challenge for the, the smaller independent uh, supplier is just getting it into the, the, the quantity of us getting it into the pubs because... Um, um, it's the scale their, issue, their, yeah. It's the scale issue. Is yeah. their big, it, that's their biggest challenge, to be honest with you. All right, OK. Well, who knows what will happen next. They may decide to listen to the vintners and reverse it, although I doubt it. And we'll have to wait and see if Heine can follow. But uh, timing's wrong. But people can't get their head around their vast, obscene profits, you see, Michael. That's the thing. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, people say that publicans are, are, um, are making vast profits at the moment. Unfortunately, we're seeing... You know, more pubs closing uh, at the moment. And if pubs were making vast profits, we wouldn't see pubs closing. It's it's a real challenge at the moment. And I've been saying it for, you know, the last uh, 24 hours. We're, we're actually in a fight to survive at the moment. True. And seeing, uh, seeing these kind of increases do not help our situation at all. OK, mind yourself. Take care. Stay in touch. Michael O'Donovan, chairman of the Vintners. He's got a great pub himself. It's called the Castle Inn, South Main Street. Yeah, I know I mentioned Guinness, Carlsberg, Smithix, Rockshore, Throw into the mix there Harp as well and indeed Hop House 13. Uh, they also remember, let's not forget this, added 12 cents to the cost of a pint in February and their profits are just through the roof. I think it's about protecting profits more than anything else. Talking about profits and commercialism, Jim, good morning. Hey, I'm good, but I have to be I have to be very fair and very careful about what I say about um, you know a particular issue involving Cabana because they are going through a legitimate receivership now. It much to the annoyance and anger of people who owed big amounts of money. So j- just bear that in mind, okay? Oh, I will. I won't put anybody under the under the bus. But no, but you know what I mean. Just, I just wanted to say that. I do, and it's it's very sad when you see businesses getting that fair, and you have to ask why then because their overheads are killing them or something went wrong in there as well. Otherwise, they'd still be in business. We all understand that, but that's not much good to the person that's lost five thousand or ten thousand. Like I suppose the solution really is, I think, if you pay with a visa or, or something like that to, to insured, you know. Or I think some of, some of those cards insure the money. So that's one solution for people when they're putting deposits down. Yeah, but you but, see what I'm hearing from people now, an awful lot of them, it was their life savings. It was money that they had saved. It wasn't a credit card bill, yeah. um, you know, that they put on the card. It was actual money they'd earned, paid tax on, so they had to earn nearly twice it. Right. And it was in their bank account waiting to do the work to make life nicer at home or in the garden or what have you. It's very sad, you know. But the solution then, the solution then for the companies, and remember not only we done all this back at the last bus, too. you saw loads of companies going to the wall and everybody losing their money. It's not like as if it was that long ago that we don't remember it. Now, the fact that we're in the recession again, no, you know, according to TCSO, um, and this is happening, you can see there's going to be more companies go down and do the same thing. So people really want to be very careful about deposits. But I suppose one solution for businesses, now we really want to get their head out of the sand now, is that they need to insure people's deposits. So if you hand over 5000 into a company, that money should be insured. And I advise people never to give a deposit unless it's insured or there's guarantees you can get it back out. And I know you get giddy when you go into buy stuff and it's very exciting. But, you know, when you're facing the situation where you lose your money, all that excitement disappears very quick. Yeah. So it's up to businesses to come up with some solution for people. If they want people to continue giving deposits, get away and get take out insurance policies on the money, especially if you're a thriving business and you know you're not going to fail, your cover will be small, you know? Yeah, would you encourage business as well that if, and I'm not talking about this case, for instance, but just in general, that if you are struggling and things aren't lo- not looking good, um, don't be chasing Peter to pay Paul. Do you know what I mean? Like because otherwise you just make you're just digging a deeper hole. 
Well, that's how business works, Neil. You, you, you don't fall into the last fence, you know. I mean, well, true. That's you don't. Right. Yeah, that's that's what happens. But I suppose that you know the government ha- have have no responsibility out there. Make sure that you know deposits that were taken, they're forced to put their hand into the into the till to take the government revenue out. You know. Well, the customer um, will not be first in cases like this. No. Absolutely, probably no. last if never. You know. No. No. Um, okay. So, but the government are forced, you know, and and, and this is wrong as well. And I suppose this keeps the business owners out of jail once the revenue bill is paid. So that's all that really matters. Okay, know? I'll stay in touch with this story. If there are any updates, I'll come back to them. Thanks for now, Jim, as always. Appreciate right, it. Right. Talking about things we pay for, whether it's the price of a pint. I went to a restaurant on Sunday evening. We had a meal for three people and two wines. When we went to pay the bill, they tried to charge us nine euro for the wine, but it was six fifty on the menu. They said we had large ones and consumed them, so we had to pay for them. The attitude was appalling. She said she was the manager. We refused... And she backed down and said, OK. Uh, we said we wouldn't be back. And she said, that's fine. Walked away. She just was not customer friendly. I was shocked at her attitude. And you were right to stand your ground. If you ordered the wine from the price in the menu and they happen to give you larger glasses, that's their tough. The wine you were talking about at the airport, Neil, yes, it was 11 euro odd for one of the small twisty bottles, the small little ones. Uh, can I just say, just regarding the 11 euro wine at the airport, in Aldi in Bandon, I bought the same mini bottle of wine and paid €1.99 for it. Um, And for the customer yesterday who went in and got bread and butter for her son, because he's a picky eater in a centra, and was charged €5.50 for two slices of bread and butter, and she said to her, the deli staff, there's no filling in it. She said, there is filling in it. It's butter. I mean, an awful, an awful way to do things. Anyway, I'm still waiting to find out what the name of the centre was so we can ask them um, what the price of their bread and butter is. Uh, why didn't you just buy your own bread and butter and get a disposable knife? Like, the deli staff are probably sick of awkward people asking for stupid things that aren't on the menu and probably expecting it for free, saying, oh, I only wanted a slice for my son. Let me just tell you, Neil, as a chef, customers can be annoying too. Fair enough. Appreciate that. However, she was quite happy to pay for the bread and butter. And if they sell bread and they sell butter, why not sell somebody bread and butter and charge for it? But charge right. We were charged 18 euro for a haircut for a two and a half, for a two and a four year old in a barber's last week. To cut the two year old and the four year old's hair, 36 euro. It probably took a few minutes. Last night, the bar in Tarmolinas, five pints of Cruz Campo, one shot of Malibu with a bottle of pineapple, 18 euro the lot. Great value. Very hot here today, Neil. 38 degrees. Nice wind on the beach. And the seawater is very cool. The hotel pool is currently full with 600 people out in the sun. And that's from Tarmalinas for the price of pints are very cheap. Uh, we paid €8.60 for two single scoop cones in Killarney last week. We paid €9 Euro for two bags of chips in the fish basket in Castle Freak on Sunday. €9 Euro for just chips. Um, you're talking at the price of takeout coffee, Neil. A small coffee in Blarney Castle Hotel for takeout. Small coffee, €3.95. While at the Lidl coffee machine, you will pay €1 Euro for a freshly ground coffee to go. A Euro. Can I talk to Stu McLaughlin, if you don't mind? Because he had uh, an experience with um, Aer Lingus with regards to the price of, uh, price of a flight. Stu, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, my man. Thanks for taking the call. All good with you, apart from the shocking price of a flight. Where were you going? Where were you trying to go? Oh, God, don't tell me about it. Yeah, well, I got married a couple of weeks ago, Neil. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, and decided that I wanted to go over to Ireland in August uh, for a long weekend. 
because it's a bank holiday over here. Um, in the, in, uh, forgive me, in the UK is where you are, is it? In the UK, yeah. yeah. I'm in the UK, I'm in Bristol. I've been here for 25 years now, but originally from Cove. Yeah. Um, but been over here for a long time. But decided I want to get Son of the broadcaster, Jerry McLaughlin. She'd be, she indeed, would be so proud indeed. of you at settling down, getting yeah. married. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. No, she would have loved to have been there, and I, I did say that as well in the day, so it was, it was all good. But, um, yeah, so a, a one-way ticket from Bristol to Cork was £390 um, to, to go one way. The uh, first class to, of what? Do they have a first class? I, no, well, I'm assuming that uh, I was, uh, you were going to get champagne and caviar as well or something, but uh, having looked at the cost of the flight, it was £390 one way, and it was another £20 to get a bag, and then you had to pay for a seat on top of that then as well. So the total price came out about £440. What's this pay-for-a-seat business? Like, is what, um, so what, Do you pick your own all, seat most, then most, for the privilege or what? Yeah, so most of the airlines have introduced the thing now where you, if you want to book a seat beforehand rather than kind of having a scrum when you get to the uh, when you get to the, uh, the, the check-in, that you pay for a seat beforehand. So if you want to sit together, for example, you pay now to sit together so I mean a lot of airlines are doing that anyway but you know years ago they never did that they were happy no, to, desi- to designate your seat for you and you would always sit together that's correct that's correct but it's, a, it's all it's, you know it's just another way of it's a racket money, yeah. I yeah. it, of course it is it's a complete racket but um, interestingly the, the, I looked at another low cost carrier run by that famous chap there up in Dublin and <laughs> the same the, the flight from uh, the flight from Bristol to Dublin and then hiring a car in total for the weekend was £144. Wait a second. So this is the great Ryanair who will get you there yes, cheaper. Yes, of course, yeah. So, H- so you can say what you like about Ryanair, but he certainly cornered the market on low-cost airfares. So if the Aer Lingus was 390 plus 20 for um, the bag and another 20 or whatever for the seat, so that's €440 mm-hmm. euro one way. How much was the Ryanair flight? From Bristol. The Ryanair flight in total, including a hire car, was 177 <laughs> so. for, for, for the weekend. Now, bear in mind, Neil, that the original ah. price that I told you, the £390 one way, was per person. And that wasn't for two people, no, that was per person. And this was six yeah. weeks in advance? Six weeks in advance, yeah. Now, I, I understand that airlines are in the business of making money, and that's fair enough, but um, four years ago, I went to Brisbane, Australia for a month, and it cost me £599. To go for uh, to go for a month, um, so it to kind of Australia, idea. to Australia, yeah. Oh my God, and that's from here in the UK. So, but I mean, so you can go the, to Australia the, for five hundred and odd, yeah, and you go from Bristol to Cork for four hundred and forty. Yeah, that that was one how way. Did, how and can they justify? If you want to come back, if you wanted to come back, which I'm assuming most people would want to come back <laughs> at some point, um, it's uh, it's another two hundred and ninety pounds then to come back. You clearly did so, not pay this, no. No, God, no, no. I mean, there's, it's ridiculous. The, the really stupid thing about it, Neil, is um, I, did, I did exactly the same flight uh, about two months ago, and it was £60 each way. So Erling, was, it that 60, was that 60 with Aer Lingus? Aer Lingus, yeah. So why no, now no, are they I charging? I love Aer Lingus, don't get me wrong. I think Aer Lingus are great. Their staff are superb. You know, they're brilliant. But if they want to get people on to uh, get bums on seats, as they say, that nobody's going to pay four or five hundred quid for a flight for a, for a 55 minute flight meal you know it's not it's, it's not I have exactly no idea how Aer Lingus could justify a figure like that I just don't know how no, they pick these numbers no, it's crazy it's crazy yeah. but I mean again as I say uh, you know whatever you uh, whatever people say about Ryanair they, they've certainly opened up trouble for an awful lot of other people as well and because it's only a 
because it's only like a, a 40 minute flight from Bristol to Dublin, you don't mind that. You know, you're, you're sitting on a seat. It's basically a, a glorified bus for 40 minutes. You land, you get in your hard car, you drive down to Cork. It takes two and a half hours. I mean, the other option, of course, is using the ferry, but even the ferries are gone bloody expensive. Yeah, I know. Well. I think one of the things about whether, like, to be honest, whether it's booking a flight or getting car insurance or house insurance or anything like that, or we, we don't know anymore the cost of things. So we don't know what to expect anymore. There's, That's there's, exactly there's it. No, That's there's exactly no kind it. of sense of expectation. I know this is going to cost me. A, it's almost like a lottery, you know? It is, yeah, it is. And you need a hell of a credit card now for, for travelling anywhere. And I, I, you know, in a previous job, I did hundreds of thousands of air miles every year. Um, and it was never clear what you were actually going to pay. I mean, you, you'd look online and you'd look at the flights and they'd say, oh, that looks all right. But then when you add on all of the extras, things like the seats, for example, <laughs> that you would think you'd, you'd automatically get. I know. And then you look at things like the, the bags and then travel insurance on top of that as well, which, you, you know, you'd recommend most people to have. It certainly adds up. And if you're a family of, you know, two adults, two kids traveling away somewhere for a weekend, it's a hell of a price to pay. Oh, man, I know it. The cost of things. Okay. Well, listen, yeah. thanks for highlighting it. It's a ridiculous amount of money. I don't know how they could ever no worries, justify it. Have a great one there. You too. Take care, Stu. Take care. Take thanks, care. Mate. It's Bye. just the way things are. You know, my house insurance came up for renewal now this week and no claims, nothing. Absolutely nothing in the whole wide earthly world has changed at all. But yet it's 170 euro a year dearer to renew house insurance. I have no idea why. Same thing seems to be happening. Car insurance is a complete and utter lottery. My son was uh, renewing his car insurance last week and they came in at something like €380. He went direct. I think he did it through Bonkers and ended up getting a a quote from a company through the Bonkers website. Um, Was renewing, was renewing then, we were renewing then. My daughter's insurance is coming up soon. His would be about €380 for absolutely no reason in the whole wide earthly world. Her claim, her her renewal will come in at something like €750 to €800. You just couldn't make this up because you have absolutely no idea what to expect anymore. Anyway, text 0868104106. I don't know how they make up the fees. Trevor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Talking about the cost of things. Tell me about your son in Greece. Um, no, I know we're, we're overpriced here in Ireland, but uh, yeah, just make a more profit. So the SB and all these other companies make a more, more profit rate on us. But I mean, if you have to have a balance, my grandson was out in Greece there a few weeks ago and he was getting shots for a euro. He'd be paying eight or nine euros for a shot here. He was offered a job in a bar out there, 40 euros a week. So in, in Ireland, you'd be paid 15 times that amount here. So like 40 you know, euro a week, the, like eight, eight hour days, five days a week. week. Eight hour day, five days a week, 40 euros a week and as much drink as he could drink. That's all very well, but you need a decent wage. Like, is there tips involved or something? That's why the salary... Oh, there be, be tips. There, be, there was tips involved as well. But the point I'm making, you're on such a low wage out there, more than likely their insurance is low, their rent is low, buying machinery for their bar, buying glasses, buying the produce. It's all low relative to their economy. And here, it's all the same price in relative to our economy. And that's why we're paying more here. You know, a barman here is probably on... 15, 20,000 a year at least. No, but I keep giving examples. Um, You know, two cones in Killarney, €8.60. Here's another one. Two sausage rolls and two cups of tea in a pub in Ringeskiddy, €18.50. Time after time after time. You know, charging charging €18 to cut the hair of a two-year-old. Do you know what I mean? It makes no sense. I I know, I agree with you there. But at the same time, I'm just making the point is that everything is way lower than Greece. 
not just the you know the drink, the wages, insurance, etc., etc. Like I was in a, a hotel there last week, eleven euros for a glass of wine. You could buy you could buy the bottle. They probably buy that bottle for six, seven euros. So they're getting sixty six euros for the for the bottle. But we keep on putting and up with it. And and, and hotels uh, are robbing us blind. And we were good to them. And the government oh, yeah. and the government bailed them out with huge pandemic payments and all sorts of uh, non repayable grants that they were given. Um, and yet this is how they repay then. You know, driving the, like, says, you know, I, here's another one. Greg says, I was in Spain a few weeks ago and the restaurant owner who was friendly told us that he can buy a bag of coffee for five euro and turn it into 100 euro profit. And here we are now paying 380 and 390 for a takeout coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. But anything you're saying, everything is relative. He didn't take the job, did he? Everything is relative, yeah. No, no, no. All right, bye. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Text 0868104106. Thanks, Trevor. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Somebody talking, actually, we were talking earlier on with Patty, who has issues with the kittens who have fleas, and hopefully that's now been resolved. Somebody else says, I have two foxes in my garden. I can't get rid of them. They're coming in from an overgrown garden next door and digging up my garden. Is there anyone who could give advice how to get rid of them? Uh, don't know. Just try and work out some way of them not getting into your garden, I suppose, would be a good start. But, uh, you know, foxes, uh, we have foxes, actually. You see foxes all of the time in the Douglas area because long before there was as many houses out there as there was, there was these runs that the foxes would have used for generations, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they tend to try and just continue to follow uh, the, uh, the the same route they've always followed. Uh, a lot of different stories then with regards to prices. I was telling you about, sorry, it was six fifty for the bread and butter, two slices of bread and butter at a centra. Um, but we were contacted by Centra on the Tory Top Road, who said two slices of bread and butter is one euro. We charge one euro for two slices of bread with butter. It's four euro for ham and cheese, uh, and it's four fifty for ham, cheese and coleslaw. So how in the name of God could a centra come up with six fifty just for bread and butter? I mean, clearly this was a staff mistake. If Centra are actually charging four fifty for the two slices of bread, the butter, the ham, the cheese, and the coleslaw. I mean, anyway, I'm far from finished on this story. We'll continue digging. Forty five minutes have passed at the match now, the Ireland Australia game, and there is something like um, six minutes added time. Wow, that's a lot of added time, but it's still. Uh, goalless as we're heading towards halftime. Now, um, I tell you what, the cabin have come up and only gone and released their own World Cup songs. Come on, you girls in green. Come on, you girls in green. Come on, you girls in green. We shout. Do it for the girls out playing in the streets and parks in green. Take that roar. Get louder. Up the girls. We couldn't be any prouder. families and playing football is not just for the boys for these girls in green we're out here making noise we shout come on you girls in green come on you girls in green we shout do it for the girls out playing in the streets and parks in green take that roll Just let her sing, sing. for 
the communities represent the place we're from. From the local pitches to the biggest stadiums. On the field, I bring that skill. Watch how this lady runs. You shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. And knock Nahini, that bar place of a legend. Denise O'Sullivan, that's the name. Now don't forget it. Standing tall and green. We got dreams, we can work wonder. Straight out of Cork, the banks of the lead to the USA. Two down under. Got Captain Katie McKay, Courtney Brosnan saving the day. Vera Poushy got a squad now that will not be easy to break. We shout, come on you girls in green, come on you girls in green. We shout, do it for the girls out playing in the streets and parks in green. Jamie the King features an ominous same old pal Jamie the King with Roisin and Sophie and Cara and Katie and Sophia and Lucy from The Cabin. The great Gary McCarthy from GMC Beats producing as always. That's got attitude. Attitude just steps up to the fore on that one. The Cabin Studio knocked Nahini with their latest um, offering. Come on, you girls in green. A cracking tune. And in particular, dedicated to their own local legend, Denise Sullivan, and all of the Irish women's football team. That really is a great song. I love it. Well done, well done guys. I'm not surprised because the standard up there is just so high. Text 0868104106. Just um, seconds away from uh, halftime. Uh, zero, 0 in the Irish-Australia game. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Time, lads, in the Ireland-Australia game from the land of wonder down under. We're going downtown to the Woolshed and Kevin Galvin. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? First up, uh, Denise Sullivan on a yellow card. Uh, sound quality problems with regards to the commentary and all sorts of issues. What's going on? Yeah, um, well, I hope the sound quality here is a bit better than what George Hamilton uh, is experiencing over there. I'm not really sure what's happening, but it seems to be cutting in and out. Now there's such an atmosphere here, it's kind of hard to hear the commentary as is, but you can definitely hear it cutting in and out, Denise. Uh, a bit of talk back, I think. Uh, she wasn't happy with one of the decisions made by the referee. She had a bit of a word and got into the referee's book. So it's a lot of heavy challenges going in. Um, a lot of very heavy challenges going in already um, in this game. Like they, they said, both sides are physical. They're certainly showing that. But Ireland holding their own. Had a couple of chances. Thank God that the AR didn't go for a penalty. But saw that uh, actually. They tight. took time out to look at a penalty, but there wasn't a penalty. Is that right? Not a penalty. I didn't even. We didn't weren't even sure what the incident was. Could have been a potential handball uh, with the rule the way it is at the moment. It's a bit crazy, but it is. Uh, look, it's uh, it's very tense, really. But uh, Ireland holding their own. Certainly not afraid to, to to try and break on the counter, but the Aussies holding most of the ball. Did the, Ireland come close in any stage to score? Uh, there was a kind of a half cross in that was parried by the Australian keeper, but nothing really came of it in the end uh, other than that like Peter's Courtney Brosnan I think she's had one save to make very comfortable one in the Irish goal so both teams just sussing each other out it's like a game of chess really first half we'll see it might open up a bit in a second um, I have uh, Sinead back with me if you want to have a chat with her Denise's sister she is uh, a bag of nerves at the moment if you wanted to have a quick word with her before we go back just into before, the half. just before you go because Rory said to me earlier in the week in sports that a draw would be good for the Irish team Oh yeah, draws a good result. I mean, it's like any World Cup tournament. You're trying to break yourself into the tournament without trying to, you know, end your tournament early. So if you can get a draw in the opening game, Nigeria seems to be the poorest team in this group. So if Ireland get a point from this one, they can beat Nigeria in the final game. Four points would normally see you through a World Cup group, depending on how the group goes. So hopefully, 
Um, I think this game is probably the most important though for Ireland in terms of trying to get out of this group. Um, if they can get a draw, be good. If they can get a win, that would be absolutely mega. I'll let you get back to the second half, man, and get some audio for me. I'll talk to Sinead there quickly, if you like. Yeah, I'll put her over to now. Cheers, man. Hey. Hi, Neil. How are you? Sinead, that's the first half, Dan. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, my God. A bag of nerves. Honest to God, I am sweating. <laughs> sweating. Do you know what now? The thing is, they're playing fantastic. They're really playing fantastic. They're holding their own, you know. All they're they holding their own. All they need is one it's opportunity. Yeah, we're 45 minutes gone now, so let's... Do you know what now? I said they're going to go into the dressing room now, come back on even with more fire in their belly, I think. They'll get pumped you know up I mean? at halftime for a goal in the They'll second half. <laughs> Bring it on! Bring it on! <laughs> Bring it on! Good luck! All right, Jared. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, she could be World Cup every day. I gotta go, love you and leave you. We have family passes to give away for the old Cork Waterworks experience. We had him on the air last week. This is a multi-award winning visitor attraction in the old Victorian Waterworks on the River Lee. And we got five, no, three family passes. We'll take callers 9, 10 and 11 to 0818 104 106. Family passes, go along, take your family with you and enjoy the day. Our lines will stay open on 0818 104 106. You can text 0868 104 106. Um, have a good day and bring on the second half, fingers crossed. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.